This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey there, friends. How are you? Good to see you. The Monty Show, as always, is live on your YouTube machine. Big show for you, as always, coming up an hour from now. Will Howard, the fine quarterback of your K-State Cats. Will Howard joins the show. We'll ask him about the uh, win over UCF. What lies ahead for K-State? They have an awfully difficult schedule after the bye. Uh, Will Howard from K-State, one hour from now. Uh, A lot to get to on the Pac-12 today. And unfortunately, it just seems like this Pac-12 TV deal will never die uh, this time, John Wilner on the record with Anna Marie Cosse from Washington. Uh, we'll talk about that. The entire show, as always, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You never pay The Advocates a penny to talk to an attorney. Did you get hurt at work today? Uh, are you or your family or your friends dealing with a workman's comp issue Well, guess what? The advocates are the workman's comp experts and you never go into your pocket to pay the advocates for the best workman's comp uh, representation that you can get anywhere. And I'll tell you, when you get hurt at work, there's so much instability in your brain because you're worried about your job. You're worried about your income. You're worried about taking care of your family. Give that all to the advocates so you can get back to the best version of yourself at theadvocates.com. Uh, this Pac-12 situation. You know, it's very interesting, Jake. It seems like every time we think we're past it in the Pac-12, it just rears its ugly head again. Mm-hmm. Again and again. And we are going to talk about this question of uh, $50 million per school per season coming up. But a very interesting note from sources today Talking about the latest situation with the Pac-12 legal situation, we're told on the show um, that the Pac-2, Oregon State and Washington State, have been talking, their representation has been talking to the uh, exiting 10 members of the Pac-12, and it does not seem like they are close, but it does feel like the Pac-2 versus the Pac-10 is moving in the right direction. And we found out today that there is a court date set for November. I just don't believe it ever gets there, mainly because the remaining two members of the Pac-12, Oregon State and Washington State, just can't afford to go that long without a schedule, without stability, without an idea of what their future looks like, what the reality of their future looks like. I think that's the biggest deal. But Jake, it just seems like sooner or later, For the sake of Washington State and Oregon State, they've got to get this case settled and fast. Yeah, I I think it's as soon as possible. I think that there's not, there's, there's really no other option. I mean, again, the idea that you don't have schedules, you don't have logistics, you don't have anything sort of on paper and planned out. I think it's difficult, and and they can sit here, Oregon State and Washington State, and, and and try to play tough and try to you know play their hand the best they can. But the reality of the situation is is they don't have the leverage here because again, the the ten schools that left for their respective conferences uh, are exactly that. They're in a new home. They are taken care of. They've got what they need now. Obviously, this fight, if you will, this conversation, this dispute 
is over the assets of the Pac-12 and the money that's remaining in the conference and what to do with that money and how it's allocated and who gets what. And and so the problem here is that these two schools, Washington State and Oregon State, are up against the clock because the reality is you can't get to January, February, March and not have a schedule for that coming season. I mean, how? what, are you just going to throw something together? That's not how scheduling works. I mean, you're, you're talking about having to create a schedule with your TV partners, with other schools, obviously, in a matter of, of what, you know, a couple Weeks. of months? Weeks, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not, it's, it's never that fast of a process. I mean, there's so much to it. And that's why I say this is a really big problem again for what remains of this conference and i'm telling you as you watch all this pac-12 or pac-2 whatever you want to call it stuff play out remember these times and remember what goes down in this situation because in four or five years when we're working on the acc situation i'm sure we will see shades in that situation of this one and i i i can only imagine if you're kirk schultz at washington state you're sitting here trying to find the most efficient solution. So what does a settlement between these two look like? You know, a settlement out of court and kind of coming together to figure it out. I'm not quite sure what that looks like. I'm not sure how you sort of come together and what you agree on. Because if I'm the 10 schools that left, I know I have the hammer. I know I'm going to lean on them and, and, and make it tough on them. And if you're those two, you know that that's a situation. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know where you go. Well, and I think these two schools, the biggest issue for them is right and wrong has nothing to do with it, as it was explained to me today. Right and wrong has nothing to do with it. Oregon State and Washington State, by most people's opinion, are are entitled to the cash and assets remaining in the Pac-12 based on the charter and based on the bylaws of the Pac-12. The problem is that's absolutely worthless when your life quite literally is on the clock. And Oregon State and Washington State are frozen in time. They can't really make schedules. They can't really plan logistics because if they don't know who they're going to be in business with a year from now, if they don't know where they're going to be affiliated a year from now, they're not going to have a TV deal. They're not going to have the ability to schedule every one of their sports, not just football and basketball. The 10 exiting members absolutely have the hammer. And if, in fact, our sourcing is correct and it's been rock solid, Oregon State and Washington State want to settle this, and they want to settle it now. And it'll be interesting to see what they are willing to give. And my guess is it is it is simply a matter of how much money is it going to cost Oregon State and Washington State to settle this. That's what it comes down to. There is a lot of debt to be relieved in this conference. There are legal matters, including the Holiday Bowl versus the Pac-12 and UCLA, um, I mean, there's just all of this this stuff hanging over the conference that is frozen in time unless these two different entities, the 10 exiting members, Oregon State and Washington State, can come to an agreement. And the 10 exiting members have about 75% of the leverage here. And it, it's really this continuing theme of Oregon State and Washington State have nothing to hang on to. They quite literally are twisting in the wind at the mercy of father time. And I don't know how you fix it because if Oregon state and Washington state wind up giving away a fair bit of the cash that remains in the coffers of the PAC 12, it is, it is a doomsday scenario for Washington state athletics. I think Oregon state's on better footing, 
but you look at what's going on at Washington State, their staff and faculty want to completely redo the budget there. Yeah, I wonder why. And you have litigation there. Like, you just, you have all this stuff hanging over their heads. And it's really unfortunate. They need to get this done and move on as quickly as possible. And I don't know that these 10 exiting members are going to give them a chance to do that. Well, yeah, and I, I just don't know why, if you're the 10 exiting members, you know, respectfully, why you care all that much where they're able to go or what they're able to do. Now, this is that classic scenario of like, well, you sort of caused this on them. One person's going to say that. The other person's going to say, well, yes and no. I mean, yeah, sure, us leaving created a byproduct of them having, you know, nowhere to go outside the Mountain West. But but whose fault really is it that they're in that position? I mean, it's their own fault because, again, they didn't have power in what was the Pac-12. And so I think that's what's difficult here. You have a lot of converging opinions. You have a lot of people who look at this situation a lot of different ways. Yep. And the, the, the unfortunate truth here is that the clock is ticking. And there are 10 schools who are taken care of and are, are simply, in my opinion, playing with house money in a sense where it's like, hey, we're on the greener pastures. We got a good situation. I don't care what Kyle Whittingham says up at Utah about the Big Ten. You're going to the Big 12 right now, and that's and that's where you're going, and that's fine. You don't have to necessarily stress on what you get out of this. You just want to get the most, whereas these other two are like, dude, we got to have this to survive. We, we got to have everything that we can get. And by the way, every day that goes by that you haven't settled, we're still waiting on your plan to survive and what you're going to do with the Mountain West. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, and I, I've I've talked a lot about this on the show. There is no doubt in my mind that the, the best alternative, the best avenue forward is for the Pac-12 brand to remain intact and for the Mountain West to come under and live under that brand and have Commissioner Navarez run that league. That's Back the 10. that is the best possible outcome for both Oregon State and Washington State, and frankly, the Mountain West Conference as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's very good for Oregon State. I think Oregon State would do very well in that conference. Hell, look at what Washington State's doing in the the Pac-12 this year. I think it's a really good situation for both. But to do that. You need the 10 exiting members of the conference to play ball, and they need to play ball now. Because if this gets into November and there's more delays and discovery and motions and delays of any kind, it, it, you're just tightening the, the grips uh, on, on the, the remaining two members, and it, it's untenable for them. And I think one of the other things that we need to address really, really – I mean, directly, I don't know how many other ways I can say this. Washington State and Oregon State do not have a path to go to the Big 12. Yeah, That does not exist. And we have worked this story. We have talked to sources at both schools in the conference. There is quite literally nobody in a position of authority or in the know who has said these, these entities have spoken. ESPN is not lobbying the Big 12 to add Oregon State and Washington State. They're not. And I, I, I don't know where this story comes from, and I understand that, that there's a bunch of podcasts out there that are trying to get attention. You guys, I, I'm telling you, we have spoken to so many people involved with this. Nobody sees that happening. They have not spoken the last time that Oregon State 
had direct communication with the Big 12 was when the conference fell apart. And Scott Barnes and other administrators at Oregon State were reaching out to the Big 10 and were reaching out to the Big 12. And the answer was an unequivocal, sorry, but we're not interested. And that has not changed. I was told directly today that the Big 12 has zero interest in Oregon State and Washington State. And I just don't see how that would change. I don't see what what leverage anybody would have over the Big 12 to make them take two schools that bring absolutely no value to them. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that the hard part for, for Oregon State fan or Washington State fan to kind of grapple with is that is that the Big 12 is primed to to go hunting when the ACC becomes available. That's the sad reality of, you know, your situation. Uh, again, I, I I even said when the conference was burning down, dude, Oregon State and the Big 12 would be an outstanding fit in my opinion. Both because it's the Pacific time zone, you have new facilities, you're going in the right direction. By the way, you've got a 10-win football program. Basketball program needs a little bit of love, but we're going in the right direction. Like there are a lot of things to like about Oregon State. It's not an Oregon State issue specifically, and that's where I think people get confused. A lot of people want to say, oh, well, it's an Oregon State and Washington State issue that they're not in the Big 12. Well, no, not necessarily. It, it is a landscape issue. It is a, hey, I'm Brett Yormark. I prioritize going after the big boys in the ACC over you. And I prioritize the four corner schools over you. And that's just the choice he made, To which brings me back to the point I was making. This is a cutthroat business. This is a, hey, does one plus one equal two? And unfortunately for Washington State, it did not. And unfortunately for Oregon State, it did not. Well, and- I, I think it also goes back to this idea that, you know, winning on the field is what matters. If that were the case when the ACC, um, you know, in the, the, the Calford drama was going on, if that were the case, the ACC would have would have taken Oregon State and Washington State and taken all four. But the ACC was unequivocal in their denial of Oregon State and Washington State. They were not interested because the geography doesn't work. The, the issue really is the monetary value that Oregon State and Washington State bring to the ACC or the Big 12, and there isn't any. That's the hardest part. It is almost nothing to do with the job that Jonathan Smith has done at Oregon State or Research Stadium. or It just doesn't matter that Washington State is winning on the field. In this particular situation, you can't, you can't look at Stanford and say, man, Stanford's terrible athletically. We better take Oregon State. That's not how this game is played. And I know we've debated this at length and at nauseum. It just doesn't matter. The, the Big 12 is in a position where they know significant realignment is coming. The instability in the ACC is a huge problem for college football and college basketball in general. And I say that because conferences like the SEC, the Big 10, and the Big 12 are all sitting there waiting for the ACC to do whatever it's going to do. And when it does, none of those teams want to be at 20. Those teams want to be at 16 and 18 so that they can make a move. I can only tell you so many times I've been told repeatedly by sources close to the Big Ten that they want Notre Dame and, and North Carolina in the Big Ten. That's who they want at 20, period. 
That's why Stanford and, and Cal did not get into the Big Ten because the Big Ten far more values Notre Dame and North Carolina. The bigger question is, are North Carolina and North Carolina State a, a team? It does not appear that way based on how expansion voting went. But you, you can't possibly believe that the Big 12 is going to, you know, I, I, was, I was asked the other day in a radio interview, is the Big 12 going to step up and do the right thing? What do you mean the right thing? But that's my point. What do you mean the right thing? What is the right thing for the Big 12? Is it the right thing to add Oregon State and Washington State? No, it's not. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not when you have access to, I think, one of the better revenue-generating opportunities in college sports with the, the way that the Big 12 is building itself. Why are you going to take that risk? When you already have Utah, BYU, Arizona, and Arizona State. Why are you going to add two more members that do business together well? That's six members of the former Pac-12 in one conference. Do you really think that's good for business if you're Oklahoma State, if you're Kansas, K-State? Why would you do that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that's also one of the reasons that when ESPN went to the, uh, excuse me, the Big 12, ESPN went to the Big 12 and said, hey, We'd like to, you know, explore having Stanford and Cal join the Big 12. The Big 12 said, no, absolutely not. No. We're not interested. Well, and, and I love the assertion that, and again, this is no shade at Oregon State or Washington State. Again, I keep saying this. It has nothing really to do with them on a personal level, if you will. Dude, the concept of, hey, should is the Big 12 going to do the right thing? Almost the assertion of they owe it to these two schools. Dude, the, nobody owes anybody anything. I, I mean, yeah. dude, the only thing that you're owed is what you've earned. And that's what nobody wants to say about, about any of these schools in realignment, right? Hell, say it about Colorado and Prime. The only thing you deserve is what you've earned. And now you got to re-earn everyone's respect. So I, I just look at this thing with the Big 12 and I say, Man, like they they are gonna do what's best for the conference. How many times does Brett Yormark have to come out and say, "Hey, it's me and my the presidents in my conference or the member institutions are in alignment." If I have an idea about how I think we should take this conference forward, if I think that would help the conference, I'm gonna take it to them first and see what they think. So, do you really think that Brett's just out here like adding schools at random and they haven't talked about it, yeah. or they haven't worked together to? decide like who's a good fit and who's not and honestly what's palatable and what's not because I guarantee you nobody wants to do business with Kirk Schultz like why would you ever expose yourself or attach your success to a guy like Kirk Schultz yeah I just don't think you would you you wouldn't and I, I you know furthermore I look at I look at the conference the way it is constructed now you have a very strong conference I mean you you look at I mean, even in a down year, Texas Tech is exceptionally valuable. Um, you look at Baylor, Okie State. I, I mean, this conference dominates the state of Texas, yeah. even without Texas, because you're adding Houston. Um, I think UCF was a, 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 a great add. I am not in the camp that believes Cincinnati has massive value, but you understand based on the success that Luke Fickle had there um, and their their brand as a basketball university, like, you have a really good slate of teams. And I, I think adding adding Oregon State and Washington State, I think, is a risk to that. Yeah. And I, I don't know why you would do that because imagine if you could get the Virginia schools. Imagine, you know, you look at the ACC and you look at the the some of the the 
the vulnerable teams in that conference. If you're the Big 12, would you rather have Virginia, Virginia Tech? Would you rather have, you know, Miami's probably an SEC school. Florida State, I would think, would like to be in the Big 10. Um, but Louisville makes a lot of sense for the for the Big 12. Those are old friends, right? I mean, I look at Virginia. I look at Pitt. Um, Wake Forest probably isn't a great fit in the Big 12. But, I mean, there's a lot of value currently in the ACC if that let's let's pretend the stories are true which I don't think they are that Clemson is announcing here in in two weeks that they're going to melt down the the ACC are you adding Oregon State and Washington State to kill your flexibility when that happens I doubt it I seriously doubt it so I, I I think that that narrative needs to go away it needs to go away and I I think um, that when you when you look at this situation, the main question with the Pac-12 is, will the Pac-12 be a viable conference a year from now? And I think it will. I think the brand is going to live on. And I think one of the one of the more interesting questions, let's pretend the ACC melts down. Yeah. What happens to Stanford and Cal? It's a really interesting question. I mean, do you not revert back to what allegedly? is going to be the Pac-12 with the Mountain West? I mean, do you not, you know, and again, we earlier in the week, we talked all about the, you know, the automatic qualifier portion of the Pac-12 situation and, you know, the five and seven, six and six debate with the college football playoff. So if let's say that the Pac-12 survives and they retain their auto bid, if you're Calford and the ACC melts down, I would think you would just go back, but I but I don't know. I would think. I, I, I mean, again, it... it, it <laughs> Unfortunately, let's run it right back. Hey, how much value to TV partners uh, does Calford have? I have to imagine they have some value. I don't know if it's it's enough to justify it. But again, in that situation, I, I think you're in an even worse spot than you were when you were trying to join the ACC. I mean, at that point, now we've chopped off another conference from from the slate. So that's why I say, like, it's a dangerous game out here. And, and I think the point you make... You know, winning is the only thing that fixes all. Dude, if you win, uh, you're going to garner more respect nationally. You're going to get more love from the TV partners, and you're going to be able to punch your own ticket. And that's just the reality of it, man. Yeah, and I, I think if you were if you were truly at going to the Big 12, why would you put yourself through this mess in court? That's the other thing that nobody wants to talk about. Like, if you if you were in the position that Oregon State and Washington State find themselves in. And you were going to join the Big 12. Why would you be suing? I mean, you, why would you be suing? Because f for me, it's so expensive. Like the money you are pissing away right now on lawyers. Mm -hmm. it's, it's significant because they didn't hire like Jimmy straight out of Stanford Law. They're working with, I mean, they're working with significant, significant attorneys. You look at the money that Oliver Luck is making, like they're spending a ton of money because they want to keep the Pac-12 brand alive, right? You, you, you wouldn't sue the exiting 10 members simply because they wanted to vote to split the shares equally by, by 12. You wouldn't sue if you were going to the big 12. Why would you go through all it? it yeah. I'm telling you, it makes absolutely no sense for the for Oregon State and Washington State to put themselves through this unbelievable headache. Yeah. 
that they are going through. They, they, mm. it, it, it'll be interesting to see exactly what, what we, what we end up with here, because these exiting 10 members know they have the leverage. They absolutely know they have the leverage. So we shall see. All right. Less of us, more of you after we hit our daily buckshot yeah. right here on the Monty show. The official energy provider of the Monty Show every single day is bucked up energy. And you guys have been banging the promo code Monty20 to get 20% off at checkout. Buckshot again restocked. And we have sold a ton of Buckshot on this show. So many of our viewers have found out how great this product is. It's 200 milligrams of caffeine in a bottle full of brain food. That's really what this is. And what do I tell you every single day on the show? Bucked Up makes really high-quality products with high-quality ingredients that do exactly what they say they're going to do. And what do they say that Buckshot does? It's 200 milligrams of caffeine that gives you long-lasting energy to power you through the rest of your day. Cheers to you, friends. Mm-mm-mm. That's the watermelon. My two favorite flavors are watermelon and blue raz. Get them all today right now at buckedup.com. And once you use that promo code, what you're going to see is Buckshot's already on sale. Um, you save $2 a box. So when you use the promo code MONTY20, you save a ton of money off of your entire order. And I, I again, thought about talking about this on the show today. So I lost another pound. You know, we went to California. I gained two pounds. We're going to Hawaii here in about five and a half weeks. I've got about 20-something pounds to lose in that time. Really hitting the protein shakes hard. Really trying to be active. Really trying to burn on my Ferrari of a of a new Apple Watch. Yeah. yeah I don't know if you yeah. guys... Can you guys see that or not? Wait, let's uh, yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, look at that. Uh, yeah. the, the Apple Watch Ultra is so much better than Can the you measure it? Apple Watch. It's amazing. But I've really worked hard to keep my calories down. So to do that, you need to be satiated. Not as hungry. Get the whey protein isolate. Make sure you get your six-point creatine. Make sure you get your collagen peptides. Let's rock and roll. Bucked up. The official energy provider of the Monty Show. T. Lawrence says mental clarity. Indeed. Damn right. Christopher Shannon says Ozempic. Yeah, I can't do it, man. I'm not. I'm not. mm, I'm not doing that. With all due respect to everybody who have, I'm I'm not doing it. Daniel Dixon says, I have lost 10 pounds. Way to go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Conference Commissioner Gumby, Timex Indiglo greater than Apple Watch, dude. This Apple Watch Ultra is unbelievable. The battery lasts forever, and it's so much more accurate on your calories burned. It's it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, J.K. Marshall, Indiglo, my favorite. I had an Indiglo back in the day. Uh, Tanner Plummer, oh, 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 Zampic. No. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Cannot do it. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Let me go back up towards the top because yeah, I see a lot of you commenting. Um, uh, you know. Let's see. Who is in? Uh, Christopher Shannon says, get real. Those two aren't Mountain West Conference. You mean Oregon State, Washington State? Um, I think it'd be, it. I think it'd really be a wise move for them to do that. I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense to have that conference stay together. I think there's a lot of money in it. Uh, let's see. Don Juan says, "Monty, you're wrong." Could I mean very well could be. Wow, 
Man. Connor Johnson, a noted Beavers fan. Eh, the other conferences are going to push for it. $300 million to be spread across the P4. Push for what? Yeah, what do you um, mean? I, I, I don't know what he means. Mike Smith, how are you, my friend? Uh, nobody is saying they've spoken. You keep saying that, but that is not what they are saying. Then okay. what are they saying? I, I am so out of... I'm so out of sequence. Let's see. Uh, Aaron Wilson says, first as always. By the way, Aaron, thank you for giving another membership away on the show. Thank you, thank you. Gary Wolf says, I've had too much experience with angry beavers. The silent treatment and bologna sandwiches is worse than death. <laughs> I liked bologna sandwiches when I was a kid. Yeah. You know. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, financial footprint issues. I think that's a huge factor for Oregon State and Washington State. I also think... Kirk Schultz is not well-respected around college sports. And I think that plays a role here. I really do. I think Kirk Schultz does not have the best reputation in the world. Yeah. And he was one of those guys that was speaking loudest about the great media deal the Pac-12 was going to get. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. So Mike Smith. uh, Again, nobody is saying that they've talked to the Big 12. Nobody is saying that ESPN has talked to the Big 12. They are speculating that if the Pac-12 wins the battle, it might make uh, for a scenario to add. No. In fact, that's not what's being reported. And I can tell you, I must have 30 DMs on it. I have, I had a TV station in in, uh, Portland reach out to me and ask me about it. Like, there are there are reports out, and I I don't know where it started. I think one of the one of the the um, podcasts I think locked on Pac twelve, which whatever you want to call locked on Pac twelve, it is what it is. Um, they they're the ones that started it. They did a they did a some kind of conversation where they said, hey, this is happening, and it's just it's not a matter of. I think the phraseology was it's not a matter of if but when. Oregon State and Washington State get an invite to the Big 12. No. And it's like, okay, hey, man, it, it, it is what it is. And I just have, I have talked to so many people in these situations who have who've said that's just not an option. It just doesn't make sense. In that's the Big the 12. Issue. I, I'm all for getting creative and, and, and you know, thinking outside the box and everything. I, I, I'm all for that. But it's got to make sense. There's got to be some logic behind it, and I just don't think that there's a lot of logic following that line of thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I there's no the thing that makes that makes it. it there's no financial gain for the Big Twelve with Oregon State and Washington State. Yeah. There's no gain in reach for with Oregon State and Washington State. Not when you have the flexibility to add much larger brands down the road. And I keep going back to the Big 12 and 20 teams. Man, I'm telling you, 20 is a number that it causes chaos. Like you, the money that you have to invest in in humans and infrastructure just to facilitate 20 universities and their entire sports infrastructure. Let that let that sink in. 20 rowing teams, 20 soccer teams. Like it's a lot of work and then trying to get media rights on 20 baseball teams and trying to put tournaments together and sanctioning and uh, it it is, it's massive. It is massive. Think about how much bigger big 12 football media days would be with 
20 teams. As if it wasn't big enough already. I mean, it it, it just, it had, it had better be premium brands that you're adding. That's why you understood UConn and Gonzaga. Or you understand, like I've heard the Virginia schools a lot would be really attractive to the Big 12. Good pairing with West Virginia. Like, you feel like, and, and it makes sense. Yeah. It gives you a much larger DMA, like television advertising marketplace, like, it gives you reach into D.C. It gives you reach into districts where there's a lot of wealth and a lot of money. The alumni have a lot of wealth and a lot of money. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Washington State and Oregon State bring none of that. That's the, And you got to deal with Kirk Schultz. Like, there's just, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think there's far more value in the, in the Pac-12 surviving. There's far more value in it. Yeah. And I still maintain there's got to be an avenue for Gonzaga to join the Big 12 as a basketball only. There has to, and I understand that Gonzaga doesn't want to do that. Gonzaga. I get it. But the WCC is a fantastic league, but they're at their ceiling there. You, are, you, are, you either want to be an elite basketball program in this country or you're going to stay in the WCC. And questions will be asked repeatedly. Well... You know, is Mark Few really that much of a program builder? And he'll continue to play, you know, P5 schools on battleships, which I think was spectacular last year with Michigan State. Gonzaga and their fan base deserves better than that. Yeah, There has to be an avenue. And I think if the Pac-12 survives, I could see Gonzaga being involved in that. But there's just so much more relevance and revenue to be made with other partners. And it's I'm not slighting Oregon State or Washington State. I, it's just not there. It's like, just there. It, yeah, exact. There's no there there. What are we talking about with these two? Like, what? what it, it's a convenient thing to say. Oh yeah, they're eventually going to get an invite. Okay, well, and eventually I'm going to be a hundred. Great. Like, who cares? It, yeah. It's not. There's no substance to it. It it doesn't make financial sense that's that's why i say you can we can all bark at the wind but nothing's changing with that yeah i think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how all of all of this shakes out because i'm with kyle whittingham what he said the other day this is just the beginning we're not we're not near the end of the road of college football in college athletic realignment i don't think we're anywhere near it i think and if you missed it, Kyle Whittingham the other day was talking about, um, you know, that UCLA and and Utah and, you know, that they were going to be, you know, in a relationship together again. And I just, I think it's really interesting that I agree with him 100%. Does that mean that UCLA and Utah are going to be in the Big Ten together? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, absolutely could be. But I, I don't think we know what the possibilities are. Yeah. I, I truly don't. And, and you have to see what the implications of the ACC meltdown are. It it's just, Oregon State is too good of an institution academically and athletically to toil like this. But you are who you run with. And right now, I think it was it, it was just the wrong place at the wrong time for Oregon State. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate because I a think they're good brand. You, it really is, but you're just in you're you're not the biggest. You're you're massively overshadowed by Oregon. 
right? It, like, and if you think about Portland, Eugene, like you think about that, that television market, Oregon State and Corvallis doesn't pull that market. It doesn't deliver that market. This is SMU in Dallas. Yeah. It doesn't, it does not help you market wise. I look at Boise and, and Boise State. I mean, one of the original BCS busters with Utah. Where did that get them? Did not get them a big conference invite. I think, sadly, I think that's where Oregon State is. And if you're an Oregon State fan, I think you need to be hoping that the Pac-12 brand survives this year. Because if a year from now the Pac-12 is still a conference and that merger happens, which... They just got to get through this court process, but it cannot take three months. Yeah, seriously. We, it, we cannot turn the calendar to 2024 because the Mountain West is not just going to chill and hang out and wait for Oregon State and Washington State. Nope. A settlement, I think that's why they're working so hard on a settlement. And damn, I'm telling you, Oregon State deserves better. It's just I, you're a victim of circumstance, and I don't know how you fix that. I really don't know how you fix that, seriously. And I, I, I really wonder... How all that goes. Mike Smith, again, they think it will happen. But they are not reporting that. They have inside sources saying they have talked with the Big 12 or the Big 12 has sent out invites. Oh, you're talking about, oh, I see what you're saying. He's talking about the other, the other podcast. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't. This is going to sound elitist, and if you don't think I'm an a-hole, you're probably going to think I'm an a-hole now. I don't watch other podcasts. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't. The, the, you know when all that died for me? When John Canzano started being John Canzano and just <laughs> making stuff up. Just whole, like, in my opinion, yeah, I think John Canzano made a bunch of stuff up and was a complete embarrassment. That's where my, my podcasting days ended. Don't you know who I am? I will not listen to podcasts. I don't. And it's really difficult for me. We, we, tried, we tried to listen to Locked On, but when Neighbors got fired at Locked On Big 12, that whole network died, in my opinion. Yeah, that was a bad look. I just think they so terribly mishandled that. Um, I watched 365, but uh, uh, sparingly. I just, frankly, they're on when we're on, and I don't have time to go back and, and watch it. Yeah, we met them at Big 12 Media Days. They're a bunch of nice guys, you know? Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know Josh Neighbors. I don't know, I don't know those guys, but the funny thing is, there's the podcasts, and I hope you guys embrace this for what it is. Don't read anything into my comments. I'm speaking as frankly as I can speak. The word podcast is a dirty word. Everybody and their brother has a podcast. And it's why we do not do podcasts. It's why we don't do a podcast because we work very hard um, to, to bring you good information. And I think if you followed us through realignment, I, if there was somebody more, more accurate on, on realignment than we were, hey, congratulations. But we've worked really hard to build a reputation. We've worked really hard to get to get guys on this show um you know we don't do a lot of interviews um unless it's will howard who's going to join us here in 19 minutes from k-state like unless it's a principal guy like that and alema harrington talking about byu a guy who played like i'm not putting podcast host on the show yeah because there's just so little little credibility in it and i i just think it's it's become this fight where 
People are like, oh, all you guys do is clickbait. Fucking right, that's all we do is clickbait. Because and, and what people don't understand is you, you, our job is to get you, if you've never seen our show, to watch our show. Judge after that. If we're credible, if we're not credible. If we're right or we're not right, whatever. Our job is to get you to watch the show. Thanks. And I think if you look at our rate of retention, we've done a really good job with that. The tough part comes in is when you have dudes throwing stuff against the wall, using their opinion and stating it as fact. Hey, people, like I watched that episode where he talked about the Big 12 adding Oregon State and Washington State. And Mike Smith, if that's what you're talking about, I'm not completely sure. It's really hard for me to follow the conversation through. But what I'm telling you is that what you saw on that podcast was those two dudes, and I think it was locked on Pac-12, I'm not sure. Those two dudes straight up said, the invitation is coming. It's not a matter of if, but when Oregon State and Washington State join the, the Big 12. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. And I can tell you, we've talked to sources about that who laughed at that. Just straight up chuckled at it. Like, that's what makes our job so much more difficult. Yeah. And it's, it is a real bummer. You know, like it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, I would agree that the word podcast is, changed in legitimacy over the years i mean it used to be that podcast was like oh you do a podcast wow like joe rogan's everything and then and then joe got in some trouble at spotify for some things and then the word podcast kind of got diluted and then everybody and their mom did a podcast and then you've got guys like us who've been doing a show for 10 years now and only been on youtube for two years and have damn near forty thousand subs and we're just working on the craft. We're just doing a good show, bringing you the best we can, and it's like what we do. We don't we we don't it's have just a, a hobby job, for dude. us, Like, and that's 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 what I think is tough, you know. And and I think you know in the college football space, like I I can tell you firsthand, you guys probably know this is not reinventing the wheel, but man, college football fans are uh, vicious. They are they are out for it, and yeah, that's what I think makes some of these conversations difficult. Is but There's isn't so that, much emotion. <laughs> isn't that what was fascinating? I tried to save you there. Thanks. <laughs> but isn't that what was fascinating about Big 12 Football Media Day? Yeah. How many people were like, oh, yeah, I watch your show all the time. Great show. Hey, good to finally meet you guys. Great show. Great show. Great show. Like, what's really funny is, <laughs> so, so you guys remember, you, you go back and pa- the Pac-12 conference didn't announce their media day until like 10 days or two weeks or whatever it was, like real close to before it was yes. going to happen. There wasn't really a lot of planning. So what's really funny is that is that you there are people who called us and were like, well, you guys are a Big 12 show now. You didn't go to Pac-12 Media Days. Are you guys a Big 12 show now? Well, no. The problem is that the Pac-12 gave us two weeks to plan something. And we're not we're not a massive company. We can't just scratch checks to go wherever the hell we want. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It it, it is what it is. I think I yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. You know. It is what it is. I, I think that I will stand by the things we've reported. We were told by people at the Big Twelve, we were told by people at Washington State, we were told by people in the Big Ten like we've reported very directly what we've heard. And what I will tell you is, I don't see any way Oregon State and Washington State, in the near term, get an invite to the Big 12. Yeah. When everything breaks down and 
Realignment continues to happen, sure. Maybe that happens down the road. They are right now focused on these negotiations and wrapping up this business in the Pac-12 as soon as they can because that's what's in their best interest, to me anyway. Um, let's see, Domer Wap. What's up, Domer? Found your show to be one of the most informed and balanced out there. This is not taken for granted, gentlemen. Appreciate your integrity. Thank you very much. Will Howard from K-State in 15 minutes. Thanks, Domer. Domer, appreciate you. Um, Jakey A23. These guys watch Georgia and Alabama games only and then just start drawing where teams should go with crayons. I don't know if he's talking about us or I, not. I don't know either because we don't watch. We're certainly not an SEC show. I can tell you that wow. right now. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, OG Gary, so you're saying the 12 is not getting Wazoo in Oregon State. That's what we're being told. You know, like I think it is. Cam Ward be damned. <laughs> Right? Jonathan Smith be damned. Christopher Shannon got to get that Academy Sports and Outdoor Sponsorship. Hey, man. Great company. Whatever you say, man. Let them know. Salty Drunk. What's up, Salty? I told you jerks jingles would get traded. Hey, man. (laughs) That's way back in the day. Uh, Dale Donuts. Academy Sports is not out west. I don't think so. Uh, Boss Frog for $20. Thank you, Boss Frog. Um, and it's the reason why I keep giving the showgram money credibility and Jake. Hi, Jake. Hey, boss frogs here today, Jake. <laughs> Dude, how's, how's the Porsche, bro? Seriously. How's the Porsche? Like, do you like it? Is it time to trade it after a month of ownership? What are we thinking? That's amazing. You know, uh, conference commissioner Gumby, the 96 box of crayons. Yeah. You know, I only roll with the pencil sharpener on the back, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, man. I love those things. So oh, awesome. You remember that as a kid? When oh, they, hell yeah. When the dude. box of crayons, he had the pencil oh, sharpener. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. That was the fastest I ever went through a box of crayons. You know, that's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Tarrant County boy. Where's the case got, where's case got away with it? I don't know what you mean. Tanner Plummer, are you guys a Mountain West show now? I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, dude. Yeah. you know, all we do is Mountain West. <laughs> dude, you know? Do you want to wear blue tomorrow that way? That no, orange. Way, you know, orange. Oh, you want to go orange? Orange for okay. Boise. So, you know, this is a Boise okay. State show now. It's a now. Boise State show now. You know. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Hello, hey, man. Uh, JKA23, AP voters? Yeah, we don't watch football. Sorry, man. No, we don't work in Minnesota so, and watch soccer. Oh, okay? wait, that's right. We don't watch football. We're qualified to vote. <laughs> oh, he don't know nothing. <laughs> Aaron Wilson, Big 12 show confirmed. Exactly. Thank you. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Aaron, you're not on the record. Are you, are you, where are you at with Tyler Shuck, man? Yeah. Like our Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech out for the year. You know, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see where you come down on that. Uh, Will Howard from K-State in 12 minutes. Dakota Tubbs right now. You guys don't need to be an SEC show. Just talk about my Missouri Tigers and we're all good. No one knows where in the where we are in the SEC anyway. Nobody knows that. No, nobody. Is Texas A&M still in the SEC, or is that the yeah well, Southwest? I, I'm not really 12? sure because now that they lost their quarterback for the year, um, they may get you know demoted since we're doing the relegation models now. You know, you know. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, washable crayons. Do they make washable crayons? Wait, is that real? Is that true? Okay, now okay, okay. Hold on, just, um, let's see. Kyle Wilson, he is an Oregon State fan. Hi, Kyle. I want to know, Monty, what exactly did OSU and Washington State do wrong? They've won big games in recently too. Okay, but I'll stop right there. Winning big games doesn't. How did Stanford and Cal get into the the ACC? When have they won big games? Oregon State 
is exponentially more successful in athletics over the last, what, five, let's call it five years? Just And not athletics, because Stanford is actually really successful athletically. They haven't won a football game of consequence in how many years? Yeah. How many years? Right? You Cal, When's the last time Cal won a football game of consequence? Right? When's the last time Cal won a basketball game of con- consequence and people were like, well, hot damn. What I'm telling you is, I think Oregon State and Washington State, and really, Washington State, I think, has a reputation problem. Honest to God. Oregon State is in the wrong place at the wrong time. 100%. It, if games mattered, you beat Oregon at, at, at a, a renovated, not yet done research stadium last year. I think. You'd be, if winning big games mattered, Oregon State would be in. Dude, Oregon State's biggest crime and why they're in the position they're in, and it's what I say about many other institutions, Utah included, you don't do marketing good enough. You you are talking about being in the same product line as Oregon. They do marketing at an exceptional level, yet you don't do a whole hell of a lot of marketing. I I, I don't see you doing doing, you know, uh, ad campaigns and a lot of this different stuff. I don't see you, you know, getting creative with it. And, and that's where, like, I, I see the uniform pictures on Twitter. I see, like, everybody now, if you've noticed, does, like, a, a video recap of the weekend or whatever, of, like, game day or, like, everyone's got that going. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think what's tough about that is, like, that used to be cool, but now what's next? And and so if you're a brand like Oregon State who plays second fiddle to a bigger brand in your own market, you have to go above and beyond. You got to put at you got to put marketing dollars. You got to like you got to invest in that stuff. And that's yes. truly why I think Oregon State is in the position they're in. Because you're right, they do win big games. Well, they do have facilities. And like, the best the best the comparison for Oregon State that I've heard. Uh, was a front. My friend Kenny said to me, "Did you ever see a few good men?" I was like, "Yeah, I love a few good." Hell men. yeah! And he's like, "Oregon State's the soldiers in a few good men." <laughs> well, did you follow orders? Yes. Did you kill a guy? Yes. Were you told to kill a guy? Well, kind of. Are you not guilty? You were found not guilty. Oh, that's right. You still got kicked out of the United States Marine Corps. I knew today would be shitty. Even though you pretty much did it all the right way, Oregon State, you're still in the pack, too. You were just following orders, man. And then what happened? You got piped. That is what it is, dude. It's the best example I've ever heard (coughs) about. Like Washington State, again, Kirk Schultz is an issue. The Rolovich lawsuit's an issue. The perception versus reality. A lot of people have told me the the quote-unquote staff revolt where there was a hiring freeze and a spending freeze and the staff was pissed about the budget. It, that did real PR damage to Washington State. Yeah. And it's a bad look. The moment that Kirk <laughs> Schultz issued that statement where he said there's a hiring and a spending freeze, it did a, I think it did damage to Washington State. Yeah. And I think Kirk in this stop and his previous stops, I think he just has not handled his business the way it needed to be handled. Yeah. Honest to goodness, Will Howard in seven minutes from K State. Corey Erickson, a member for three months. Oh, uh, let me Let's uh, go, Corey. let me uh, pull it out here. Uh, okay. okay, wow, wow. Uh, Corey says, really appreciate the work that you have put into uh, give us a great experience. The showgram is awesome. Keep up the effort. I appreciate you. I appreciate Thank you. you, bro. Tanner oh, says, uh, oh, Boss Frog is here. Hello there. Hello, sir. That's become a daily thing now. Oh, look, it's Boss Frog. Hey, Boss Frog. 
exactly. You know. Uh, Mr. Downtown, could a subscriber sponsor a Monty Show episode? We, we're always willing to talk about that stuff. Yeah, always willing to talk. Damn yeah, me, it's bro. just a matter of time. And Donuts gives us $5 for the golf fund. Is Dude. there any value in having a true West Coast conference? I think there is. I absolutely think a conference west of the Mississippi, I if there's going to be, listen, if you're going to have power conferences or multiple, whatever that power conference looks like, there is tremendous value. Like one of the things I pitched, I don't know, what is it, 20, like 15 years ago, a major radio company came to me and said, hey, we're looking for a West Coast, West Coast sports show. What could you put together? And like I pitched the whole thing and they said, yeah, you know, we're just not sure that there's enough passion in California, Seattle, and Portland to carry a West Coast show. I think it's a really good point. And specifically California, just because of the density. Like, if you're in Los Angeles and UCLA is playing a game, you probably don't know they're playing a game unless you're a passionate fan and we're going to get you anyway. Mm -hmm. The real question is, if you're in Chicago, do you know that Notre Dame's playing? You do. You absolutely do. If you're in Ohio, if you're in Columbus, well, do you know if Ohio State's at the shoe? If you're in if you're in Tarrant County, do you know that the Cowboys are at AT&T? You do. Yeah, I think it goes back to, truly, I, I, I think it goes back to the origin, origins of our country. Our country started on the East Coast, right? So the roots of humanity in our country started there. Everyone moved out West. And then California specifically, in many states out west, obviously, but California is really the big boy, have gone through this thing where you have so many new people entering and leaving the market. Look at the constantly. state of Arizona. Arizona, yet another one, constantly coming to the market, leaving the market. They're transient states. The only folks who live there now who have been there are generational, who've been you know, houses have been handed down and like you've got you've got you've got money, you know, traveling through time down your lineage. How many people that live in Las Vegas are native Nevadans? Excellent point. Right. Las Vegas is a great one. Yeah. Jerry Davis for five dollars uh, after the Pac-2 versus Pac-10 battle is over. The best of the best bet for the Pac-2 is to merge with the Mountain West and make sure Gloria Navarez is the commissioner. It's un unquestionably. And I think she's earned that respect, by the way. And, and, and I think. Because she's managing a, a, a group of five conference right now, I think she doesn't quite get the 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 respect and love she deserves, but she does deserve that. She that has Pac twelve experience, yeah. WCC experience, yeah. and Mountain West experience. Hundred percent. Yeah, she's the one. Shaner gives us two dollars to say Shogrum. Shaner, what's up? Good to see you. Uh Arizona football, man. I'm telling you. It's coming. I love my guy Jed Fish. Casey Back Anthony. Casey Anthony got away with it for $5. Well, hello. Four of these six teams will end up in the Big 12. 100% I guarantee it. Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Duke, Georgia Tech, or Syracuse. If I had to pick four of those, Syracuse is an odd fit. Syracuse is another one. Yeah. They're just in a weird spot. Um, I think Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech make the most sense. I think Duke and Carolina. Duke feels like a Big Ten SEC program to me. Yeah. Uh, I And 
I've had this discussion so many times with people who are like, well, Duke and Carolina, that's a combo brand. I don't know if it is or not. No. I don't I think they would go their separate ways, but you got to play that basketball game twice UNC a year every year. is a Big 10 team though. No oh, question. no question about it. No question about it. Yeah. I think they're a Big 10 team. Yeah. It just Yeah. I have I have no doubt about it. I I truly do not. Yeah. Uh Will Howard coming up in 2 minutes on the Monty show presented by tridaytrading.com. You guys, uh, again, so many people, I feel like it's every day somebody will say to me, "Hey, is Triday trading legit? Is day trading a scam?" I go find out. And the amazing thing is when you have people who are like, yeah, I don't know. Is it? Could it? Yeah, it could. Just go to TridayTrading.com and watch the videos of their graduates because it, it is remarkable the life-changing freedom that you get when you make a decision that empowers you as a human being. When you say to yourself, I'm tired of living this life where I hate my boss, I hate getting up, I hate doing this, I hate... Okay, don't do it. Work for yourself. Make more money than you've ever made. Live the life you've wanted to live. Drive the car. Live in the house. Take the vacations. Don't worry about going back to the office. Stay at home. Work for yourself. That's what TridayTrading.com is about. Their graduates who day trade full-time make a minimum of $1,000 a day. They're part-time day traders, the ones who graduate the Triday Trading Program and trade part-time. While they keep their full-time job, make three to $500 a day. And it's one of those things where whatever your lifestyle is and what your desires are, Triday Trading has a way to fit that in for you. And the best part is they offer Monty Show listeners a $10 30-day trial membership. That means you give a $10 charitable donation. You give Triday Trading $10. They give it to charity, so it's a tax write-off. And you get their entire day trading program for 30 days. Elite-level coaching. I mean, all of the mentoring you want, you get assigned a day trading coach who's going to say to you, hey, uh, you know, here's how this works. Or, hey, is this program legit? Well, yeah, here's why it is. And you can just fire questions at them because it's a trial membership. At the end of that 30 days, if it's not for you, walk away. I don't know one of our viewers who's walked away after the 30 days. Hook it up, TridayTrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show. And without further ado, Will Howard, the quarterback at K-State, joins the show. Uh, Will, it's been a tough week of rehab for you. I know that you've had this leg injury. So tell us, how's how was last week? How are things for you? Week of recovery and spent a lot of time in the training room. Uh, couldn't thank my trainers enough for getting me ready to play. Um, I didn't necessarily feel 100%, but I felt as close to 100% as, as I possibly could. And, you know, I felt like I... You know, I wasn't going to be, you know, killing guys out there with my legs, but, you know, I did what I had to, I felt like I was able to do what I had to do, you know, when I needed to do it. And obviously as the game went on, I got more, more and more comfortable and kind of warmed up. My leg felt, felt good. I had that adrenaline running through me. So at the end there, you know, I kind of found a crease and, and cut one up and, and uh, there was really nobody there. So it was easy for me, you know, honestly. And, you know, my O-line did such a good job of, of uh, making those holes. And, and obviously when, when DJ runs for 200 yards or whatever crazy amount of yards he ran for, um, obviously they're going to start keying on him. So uh, it makes it easy. And I, I have to be able to pull the ball and uh, keep them, keep them honest and not just let them key in on DJ because he was having a, a heck of a night. Well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about your offensive line. I mean, I, I think the the I don't know if struggles is too harsh, but I mean, the, the performance on the offensive line up front has, 
has been problematic, I think, is is probably a better term for it. But I thought this was their best performance by far. I thought you had a lot of clearance at your feet um, to throw the ball well. You know, we just got done watching your tape, and it seems like you were on the front foot a lot. You had a lot of room. I would imagine that you were pretty happy with what you saw of those guys up front. Oh, 100%. And those guys, um, you know, I feel like they had been facing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of talk like that, like you said, kind of, you know, people putting pressure on them, saying they needed to play better. And, you know, I thought they were they were playing well from the start. But um, honestly, I think they really, really answered the call last week and and uh, stepped up when they needed to. And, I mean, they made some really good holes for DJ to, to run through. And I was, I mean, pretty much didn't get touched all game in, in protection. I had really good pockets all game. So, I mean, those guys are the heartbeat of what we do. And, you know, our offense runs through, um, you know, the line of scrimmage. And if we, if we win the line of scrimmage, um, it's it's really hard to stop this offense. Yeah, and I think, well, one of the other interesting things that I, I've seen out of you this season is what you talked to us about uh, when we were down there in good old Tarrant County, Dallas, talking to you at uh, Big 12 Football Media yeah. Day. You were talking about how you were working on just becoming a better quarterback, being a total package. I think we really saw that, and we've seen that this year, but you look like a completely different guy this season than last season in that you're performing at a very high level, whether it's statistically, I think the eye test, you have passed that fabulously this year. Are you happy with the quality of your game that you're playing right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with how I've been playing. Um, obviously, it's never going to be perfect. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say uh, I've been a little critical of myself on is, is kind of just forcing things when they don't really need to be forced. And, you know, there's that balance of, of being aggressive and being smart, right? You know, you want to you want to take the shots when they're there, and 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 take advantage of those opportunities. Um, but you also want to be smart and keep us on schedule. So that's something I think I've I've tried to emphasize in my game and get better with a little bit. Um, obviously, four turnovers is not not what I want to where I want to be at. Obviously, but um, other than that, I mean, you take away those those plays, and sometimes you know things are going to happen. You're gonna you're gonna throw a pick from from time to time, but um, trying to just limit those uh, opportunities and, and being smart when I, when I need to be and not forcing things, uh, is, is something that I'm trying to focus on in this bye week and, and going forward. Uh, but overall, I feel like I've been, I've been playing good football and, and trying to just put us in situations to win and do what I have to do to my one eleventh um, to, to, to let us get, let us be successful and get the win. And that's, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. You're one eleventh. I like that a lot. You know, the one of the interesting things you said there was about forcing things, and it seemed like you know that you you tend to thrive from my eyes anyway in rhythm, and I really feel like in this in this past game against UCF, it felt like you really had a good rhythm going. Talk about the rhythm of the offense and how important is that for you to thrive? Yeah, the rhythm is everything, especially when it comes to like our offense and. uh you know, Coach Klein always says, you know, you got to keep us on schedule. And, you know, if he if he calls a, a shot play on first down, whatever it may be, um, you know, it, it's on me to, you know, take it if it's there. But also if it's not there, um, you know, don't do anything stupid. Don't put the ball in jeopardy and uh, and and try and keep us on schedule. You know, when I say keep us on schedule, um, we don't want to be caught behind the sticks. You know, anytime we're in third and seven to 10 or 11 plus is is not a good thing. You know, we want to keep ourselves on schedule so that we're either a getting first downs on first or second down or getting ourselves in third and manageable to, to a, to a place where it's more like thir third and four to six to where we, we feel a little better about, 
you know, what we can do and, and keeping, you know, opening our offense a little bit more. And, and I think that's, that's really good. And, and when, when we're able to do that, when I'm able to do that and make those decisions to, you know, maybe instead of forcing a post that, you know, maybe a, a really tough play, taking the check down for four yards and, and, you know, second and six is a lot better than second and 10. So um, just being able to stay in that rhythm and, and get completions and get positive plays is, is everything, whether it's, you know, one yard, positive rather than three yards back um you know anything like that matters look at the the interception on in the ucf game because that's a really interesting part of this kind of conversation was that something that was it going there the entire time no matter what because it was an interesting play in that it happened really quick and i think I, I think we're seeing you be very cognizant of hey what's the defense showing you pre-snap read and you, I think you do a great job of getting rid of the football. But on that interception, it seemed like it's a tight window in tight coverage. Their body to body, there was it. Was that a play where it was going there no matter what? Like walk me through that particular play. Yeah, so that play was a, a true RPO play. So we just had an inside zone called, and then we put glances on the outside to uh, to take advantage of it. Basically, if they were packing the box, and so I looked out, and and they had about eight guys in the box. And I was like, man, you know, this, this run's going to be kind of tough. Um, but at the same time, you know, they were in press coverage on the outside. So I knew those glances were going to be tough. We just had to win. Um, I thought Keegan got held pretty good. Um, but, you know, shout out to the corner. You know, he made, a, he made a really good play on it. He kind of, you know, just beat him to the spot and got to the ball. I think, you know, definitely slingshotted him a little bit, but it's beyond the point. But, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, regardless, uh, I mean, I just got to be smart with the ball and, and know when to take those opportunities to, to make the home run play, but also know when to just take my medicine and hand it off. And in that situation, when, when they're pressed, um, you know, maybe we can find a crease in the run game, um, but also just, you know, not putting the ball in harm's way. And, and, you know, I didn't, in my head, I didn't really think it was a, a dangerous throw. You know, I knew it was going to be highly contested, but I didn't really expect him to jump in front of it like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's something to learn from and, and something to, to look at, you know, and, and just seeing, uh, you know, how they're playing. I know we ran, we had already ran an RPO glance on that same corner, pretty much in the same type of play. Um, and he had, he had figured it out, you know, he knew that that was what we were going to do out of that kind of look. Um, so he jumped it and, you know, he made a really good play on it, but, um, you know, just like I said, just kind of taking my medicine and not, not forcing things when they're not there. So do you not go back to that call then? Like, and I'm, I'm, I want to kind of get inside your head a little bit on that because I think it's really interesting. You see a, a, a box full of UCF guys on defense, so you don't want to run that. You, you, you go to the throw. Do you stay away from that throw going forward? Like, how do you adjust to that adjustment from UCF there? Well, you know, if we knew if they were going to be pressing, it'd be hard to, to run glances, um, especially if we, um, you know, if we were, if they were packing the box. So, I mean, we, we knew we had to kind of threaten them deep. Um, so we came back to that same play actually later, but we just took the glances off of it because we wanted to get that inside zone with a plane motion, kind of a jet motion um, coming to it to kind of mess with their eyes a little bit. We wanted that play to be run. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't super successful, but um, that was kind of a way to, to get that play back on the field without the glances um, and that's kind of, you know, coach's way of doing it. He says, you know, if I'm going to put the RPO on there, then, you know, you have license to throw it, be smart with it. Obviously, you know, don't do anything stupid. Don't throw if it, throw it if it's not wide open. Um, but you know, if it's on there, 
he's, you know, you have license to throw it. So later we ran it and took it off and that takes the thinking out of it for me and, and the, you know, the temptation to throw it because obviously as a quarterback, you, you want to throw the glance, right? You don't want to oh, just yeah. run an inside zone, you know? So, but it uh, also sets you up later down the road as well. I mean, the play might not be successful in that moment, but that, that's going to give you opportunities. That's going to expose them to you a little bit more. So I feel like I feel like that helps you anyway. And then the other play that stood out was uh, the the that kind of I don't know what you guys call it, but the the read option where you pitched it out to DJ, you rolled left and pitched that ball to the yeah. back. Like that was a that was really effective. And I is that not set up by how successful and how effective you had been running the ball? Yeah. So that, I mean, that play, like, I mean, like you said, you know, on that, on that RPO play, like, you know, if we run the ball and just, just, you know, get two or three or whatever we may get, it sets up different things. You know, it sets up the play action game. It sets up, um, you know, the jet game, other things like that. And then, you know, on that note, that option that we ran in the red zone, uh, we actually lined up, you know, that, that, uh, the kind of like read option that I had run really that the, um, inside zone that I had run into the end zone on the opposites on the opposite end zone uh, in the third quarter we ran that we got in that exact same formation uh, and the first time they plussed all their backers over to the to the boundary because they thought we were going to run it there and then we ran a, a bypass to the field and there was nobody out there so then the next time we got lined up in that same formation pretty much the same area of the field um, and they pushed their backers over to the field side because they thought we were going to run something back that way and then uh, we ran that little two-back option that we had um, where we were just kind of dangling the the D-end on that side, the nine technique. And then we were going to have a, a lead blocker going up to that linebacker uh, who was there, and, and Christian got a really good block. And all I had to do was just, uh, you know, make a decision based on that nine technique, and he made it pretty easy, just came came right to me. So I just pitched it out to DJ, and it was, it was the perfect look that we wanted for that play. And here as a quarterback, let me throw you up like a softball. You can't do a lot of that unless your offensive line is athletic and mobile. And I thought some of the misdirection you guys ran off of your offensive line where there was that one play where DJ, they were all going left. DJ cut back to the right. I mean, that mm -hmm. was whatever you call that, a counter or whatever. That was a that was really set up by your line's athletic ability, I thought. Oh, absolutely. And our ability to run all those gap schemes, counters, and, and B-gap powers and all those kind of things. Um, opens up a ton of different stuff for us as an offense. And, you know, when when you got, you know, an option look like that and the backers are all plussed over and you got a tackle like KT that's able to kind of reach that five technique and and scoop up to the to the backer, um, you know, it makes it really easy for us. Yeah, hey, uh, a couple more before I let you go. Uh, I want to ask you about your, your bye week here. This is a pretty critical period in time in the season. Yeah, I know, you know, we're sitting here on September 28th, but – I mean, this stretch you guys have coming out of the bye is really critical. What are your priorities this week with the with the time off? I mean, it's huge, and you know, obviously, we got a big game down at Oklahoma State coming off of this, and then a couple other uh, really big games coming up. So um, it's going to be big for us. You know, I try to kind of look at these bye weeks as as time for you know not only team improvement but personal improvement. Um, you know, you can look at go back and look and and self scout yourself and say, you know, what am I doing good? What am I doing bad? What do I need to work on? Um, I feel like a lot of what I've been trying to work on this week is like deep ball accuracy, um, trying to be smart with the ball, kind of like I said earlier, um, taking my shots when I have them and, and being smart when I need to, uh, and, and kind of working on those things personally for me. And then obviously, um, you know, trying to get ahead on Oklahoma State because, um, you know, they have a bye week too. So we got to factor that into it. So we're both going to be kind of double prepared for this game. 
Um, so trying to stay ahead on it, but also, you know, keep that one play one, one week at a time mentality. Hey, before I let you go, we have to shout out the sweatshirt game because I mean, here we are. It's, it's coming in October. You got the, you got the look going, oh, yeah. dude. Is that your favorite sweatshirt? It really might be. We just got it like two days ago. So shout out to Serby and our equipment staff. I've seen this around campus. A bunch of like students have it and got it probably at rally house or something. I was like, when are we going to get that? And yeah. How does the quarterback through. now have yeah, right? the sweatshirt when the students do? <laughs> you would think, right? But Hey, we got it. We got it in due time. So uh, well, this, you, this you tell him favorite. Will Howard's a big deal. He gets the sweatshirt <laughs> first, my man. Hey, good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on a great start to the season and uh, nothing but the best and stay healthy. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on again. Great seeing you. There you go. Will Howard from K-State. And again, I, I, I said it at uh, Big 12 Football Media Days. The guy is just so impressive. Um, talking to him, I love talking X's and O's football and he, talking to him about you know, the way that he has grown as a passer, the attempts are, are up. All of the efficiency numbers are up. And the one question I thought he handled really well was the mistake he made against UCF, UCF throwing that interception. He's got four picks now, which is what he had all of last year. So he's throwing more. Um, but, man, that loss to Missouri is going to haunt them, I think. This bye week is huge. K-State comes out. I mean, don't forget they have Texas on the schedule, Okie State. Like, I mean, they have – a lot coming up on their schedule, but I think this buy comes at a good time because I was a little surprised he ran the way he ran against UCF. Yeah, and I think you know UCF, you know, obviously is this is this new team in the Big Twelve who plays with a lot of energy, flies around the football, and and I think that Will understood going into that game that he was going to have to run to keep them honest, and and I, and I think that's why I, I loved hearing him talk about finding that balance and that rhythm in the offense, and and really you know, staying ahead of the sticks, right? Keeping his team on schedule. That's how you beat good teams. You stay on schedule offensively. Don't be third and 10, 11, 12. Don't be, you know, in a bad place. And and I think that last, you know, th this game against UCF, I felt like they did a great job of running the football versus passing the football and then mixing in the option. And, and I think that he's able to, to run the option in the way in a way where the defense truly has to respect him as a runner because if he never ran you wouldn't have to respect it and that's what i think the genius of their offenses and uh you know the genius of will howard as a quarterback he understands those proportions and those percentages to a point where he's like yeah you know i i know what i'm looking at i know the concept we're trying to run yes and i understand where my opportunities are and more importantly where they are not and so that interception against ucf you know, I, I he said, he literally said, you guys heard him say, hey, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a high-risk throw, but I knew it would be tight coverage. And that's the kind of guy he is. He trusts his receiver to go out and win the matchup. And you have to have that if you want to be successful. Yeah, and I, but I also think we massively undervalue Missouri. I think the way that Cook played in that game, the way that defense contained the running game against K-State – I think you have to give a lot of credit to Missouri, and they're going to have to continue to win games. Let's not kid ourselves. But uh, when you have a, a kid like Brady Cook, he's a St. Louisan, and he's a guy that knows – he clearly knows how to play the game of football. They're 3-0. Yeah. They're now, Missouri also has a, a, a run coming up here after Vandy. That's LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and Arkansas. So you're starting to run uphill here a little bit. You better make your hay – uh, against Vandy. Um, and then, you know, after that, you're LSU. 
Um, when is their bye week? Their bye week is after South Carolina, the uh, last week of uh, October. So this is going to be a tough stretch. We're going to figure out who uh, Missouri is. But, I mean, you, dude, Will Howard is no slouch. I love, yeah. love talking to that cat. All right, who's on the uh, – Who's on the comment board? Hero75, I believe the fall of the ACC will not come from Clemson or FSU, but from Notre Dame. If they decide to leave for the Big Ten, the Big Ten would buy out whoever the ACC Notre Dame wants to bring with them. You know, the the, the problem is I don't necessarily believe that the Big Ten wants everything Notre Dame offers. Yeah. I think the Big Ten would be just fine if you left all your sports in the ACC and came play football for them. That's, I think, Hero, that's, that's one. Uh, Boss Frog, $5. A bit behind the car is solid. Waiting for the delivery of my new 69 Mustang Fastback. Let's okay. go. Okay. Can't have just electric in the garage, Jake. Damn no, you right can't. you can't, dude. No, you can't. Uh, Alex Crows for $2. Is the Big West the NFC North of college football? Well, I mean, I, are, we, are we judging the Big Ten on who they are now or who they're going to be? Because... Both? I think if you look at the West, I mean, Wisco, Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, and Purdue, there's not a lot to hang on to there. There, There's not a lot to hang on to there. Um, I mean, you're obviously your power, um, you know, I mean, you have Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State in what I think is one of the more difficult divisions in the East. That's a tough division to win. Yeah. But you're not wrong. I mean, the the West right now is just trash, dude. Like, but you add Oregon and you know Washington and USC and UCLA, and all of a sudden you're playing in a different circle here. So now, yeah, Alex, I I tend to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I tend to agree with you on that. Uh, Kenneth Maynard, what's up, Kenneth? Good to see you. Uh, could see Wake, BC, and Syracuse finding a home in the Big East or American uh, or merge in, if the ACC implodes. Oregon State, Washington State, their options would be limited. Like, yeah, their option, yes, exactly like that. They would. I, I think brand power is big right now. Yeah. And if you are not curating your brand and understanding why people care about you, I think that's a, that's a big one. 100%. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, if Mizzou is 6-0 and after the LSU game, would you interview Brady Cook? I'd interview Brady Cook right now. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a kid that is – I mean, he's from St. Louis. Like, that's a big deal at Missouri. Like, you want to – it's what Kyle Whittingham talked about. Again, not to keep going back to Kyle, but – you want the best kids to stay in state. And anymore, that's so rare, it feels like. To have a kid from St. Louis be dominating at Missouri, that's a big deal, dude. It's a big deal. Salty Drunk says, great interview, Monty. Seems like a good kid. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and Donuts, cool interview. Maybe the Monty Show could have QBs every Thursday. We try. We try, bro. We, we try, try, but the issue is, and we've talked about this, oh, you're just a podcast. Hey, you start talking shit. It's a battle. It is a battle. Um, Vicky's were bigger, though. What is what did, what did I miss? What did I miss? The real Slim Shaney. Okay, I'm a beaver. No. No. Listen, body dysmorphia is a real problem. Oh, dear. Oh, oh my. You're not a beaver, sir. You're a human being. Anyway, uh, it's weird. Wazoo is the school who keeps getting shit on. <laughs> but for the past 10 years, they're the fourth highest TV rated program behind only SC, Washington, and Oregon. But the dysfunction 
is... Remember, it's case by case. Nobody wants to do business with Kirk Schultz. I, I don't disagree with your point there, man. Yeah. Like, they're an, entertain they're an entertaining product on the football field. It's what I've always said about Wazoo. They may not be winning natties, but they are a really entertaining football game. If you're just if you're like, hey, I want to put together an entertaining I matchup, agree. bro, you put the Wazoo offense. You put Cam Ward out there, dude. You yeah, Cam Ward in that offense, dude. You put them out there against you know a top twenty five team, dude. You you are you are going to be in for a good one. Yep. Uh, Mike Smith says, "Hell no to BC. <laughs> 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 no BC." Boston, remember when Boston College was always good? <laughs> <laughs> no, me either. Uh, Brian Jones says, go Cats. Dakota Tubbs says, thank you. Thank you. Uh, LFG says, Mizzou has talent. They do. Bob Smith, let's talk about the new super conference, the USXFL. How about Bro. that? How about Fox getting into business with The Rock? Yeah. Wild. Uh, Ron Nolan, cursive, what the hell is cursive? Jake loves lavender. Yeah, what's wrong with lavender, dude? It's a nice Lavender's, color. It, it, it accents great. my skin tone nicely, okay? Uh, Dakota Tub says, we 4-0, oh, Monty. Hey, well, Monty. You look, at, you look at Missouri's schedule, man, their schedule just... You are... If you're 4 you're going to beat. Let's be... You're playing Vandy. Um, but then you're, you're at Vandy, home for LSU, Missouri. At, um, at Kentucky, South Carolina, at Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, at Arkansas. Good luck. Good luck. You're you're gonna you're probably gonna lose to LSU. Yeah. You're gonna beat Kentucky, South Carolina. You're probably gonna lose to Georgia. You'll be in that game, but it's in Athens. Tennessee's gonna be in. You're better than like you're probably a seven win team. I mean, you're four at Vandy, five at Kentucky, six for South Carolina. Tennessee's looked very good. Seven against Florida, eight against Arkansas. I mean, you could you have a potential to win eight, seven, eight games. I, I Tennessee's going to be tough. Yeah, tough. BC is definitely not getting added to any of the other Power Threes. Their TV ratings are trash. Nobody cares. Gary Wolf says Missouri. Um, AAR says sue them all. Washington State, Cougar, Oregon State, Beavers until you get satisfaction. They kind of are. And donuts didn't drink witch die in a kiln explosion at Fabry. Okay, Faber. Whatever the hell you're talking about. Okay, okay. Is that an Animal House reference? Uh, Gary Wolf, the boss, rubbing it in our faces. Ching. He he don't even try to hide it. Yeah, dude, he ain't even playing, dude. My man, Boss Frog's built a business. Yeah, dude. Jeff Woodward, West is good in hockey. Okay, Bryce Martin. Bryce, how are you? Mizzou's D-line overshadowed K-State's O-line. Howard was under duress all day. And they took heat from the K-State fans. And they, I thought they played much, much. This was a dominating performance. When we were preparing for Will Howard to come on the show, like we're watching the tape of the UCF game, the offensive line dominated. Yeah. Dominated. Boss Frog says, Matthew Farmer, no, sir, but I seriously doubt the Big Ten would pull that move. Mike Smith, close. I'm wearing slacks, a dress shirt, and Italian loafers. Yeah, red bottoms. Yeah. Pimp. Uh, James, look out for Nebraska in a few years in the Big Ten West. They are building a new football operations building. It's going to look amazing. I saw the construction in January. It'll be a game changer. I'm a Matt Rule guy. I'm a believer, and I love Trev Alberts. I love Trev Alberts. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hales, two hacks on YouTube. What's yeah, up, Mark? Dude. Long time no see. Hope you're well. You know. Um, 
Bob Smith, next QB on the Monty Show will be Tyler Shuck. No, I've probably, asked repeatedly. Repeatedly. They're, they're not talking much. No, I'm not doing that. Kids pick CU because of Dion and the weed is better. Dude, okay. we don't, I, I'm, I don't have the energy for a Dion debate today. You don't have, you're dumb. No, what happened to the, the no. Dion thing? Because people are just so petty about it. They can't have an honest discussion about him. You okay. know? I, you know, I don't disagree with you. I don't think they can. Um, whoa, comment on uh, Gonzalez. Missouri is SEC East Razorbacks. Well, I mean, if you beat LSU, that could all change. I mean, we're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hales, did Jake get dumped? Bro, you haven't been here in how long, and your first question is, did I get dumped? Well, look at your track record. Damn, man. My, what do you mean my track record? You break up with chicks over text. Please. <laughs> Please. at the same time. Please. Uh, Force Ghost Fabio, low energy, Jake? Not at all. Just tired of talking about Dion. Yeah, dude. I'm just, you know, I'm just. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I'm just kind of, eh. What's you know. not, it's, it's much like realignment, right? You, you think we wanted to talk about the Pac-12 today? No. No, dude. No, I don't. I don't. I, but it's the story. It's the deal. I agree. Make sure you guys give us a thumbs up. Please hit the like button. If you're not subscribed, we are right on top of 39,000 subscribers. Uh, we're at 38,958. Let's go, baby. 42 away from 39,000. Trying to get to 50 by the end of the year. So if you have not hit the like button, please do that now. Uh, we would appreciate that. Um, one of the other things I want to get to today, uh, and I wonder where I wonder where you guys come down on this ESPN Pac-12 President Cosse thing. So I can tell you I was told unequivocally that George Klyovkov asked for half a billion dollars a year for Pac-12 TV rights. And everybody, calculations. we broke that story, everybody ran with it. John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News, interviewed President Cosse at Washington. She told John Wilner, no, we never asked for that. Now, I happen to hold President Cosse in pretty high esteem. She didn't say two words to a cricket fart during the whole <laughs> Pac-12 TV thing. Bro, a cricket fart? Made it up right off the top of my head. <laughs> you know, I'm working here. Right. Uh, she didn't say two words during the old Pac-12 TV thing. Yeah. Which is admirable. But this is wild to me. This is wild to me that Anna Marie Cosse, who at one time was the most powerful president in the Pac-12, is saying, no, we never countered with $500 million. Um. Man, I've heard from every corner of the TV industry that they did. And if you go back to that, we were told ESPN said, we will pay you $90 million a year, period. Not per school, in total. That was ESPN's offer done. They were looking for one game on TV and one game on stream, period. And I think the $500 million question, I think broke any chance the Pac-12 had at a relationship with ESPN. And I think it's why 
ESPN took the drastic measures they took to get an early deal done with the Big 12, to make sure that the ACC got taken care of, to make sure that Pac-12 members had the skids greased to get into the Big 12. Pac-10. Like, if you go back and just make a list. Let's of, wind the clocks back a year. Seriously, of all of the things that ESPN did to make sure that its interests were covered in the, in the event that the Pac-12 melted down, I mean, it's remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. And ESPN has come out a much stronger college football brand. And the Pac-12 is sitting here trying to figure out if they can survive or not as a two-university conference. It's wild how fortunes changed in about a year's time. Yeah. And now Anna Marie Cosse, the president of Washington, is saying, well, you know, we never did that. Don't lie to me. Yeah, I, I tend to believe that the Pac-12 asked for $500 million. I tend to believe that because we're not the only ones that reported that. We may have been the first, but about 1,000 other people reported that. Yeah. And it's wild. And I don't, I don't take Anna Marie Cosse for somebody that reads her press clippings. I truly do not. But you have to be completely tone deaf to believe that you and your commissioner – did not ask for half a billion dollars. Yeah, and, and if there's no excuse because of the position you were in. You were on the board. You were, you were like he said, the most powerful president in the Pac-12 because of your position. Uh, and there's no way you are going to backspin this. There's nothing worse than someone after the fact saying, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have done that, or we didn't do that, or that's total crap. We never did that. What are you talking about? Even though we all know you did. Even though we all know the only reason you're in this position is because you grossly overestimated and overvalued your your conference. You weren't willing to take your medicine and say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and swallow our pride here and understand. Yeah, we maybe haven't done a good enough job marketing our conference, uh, you know, building and cultivating relationships with our TV partners and doing the things that we need to do at the conference level uh, and in all of our boardroom meetings uh, to get the job done. You don't want to say that. And what's so just incredible to me is this is this is someone who didn't say anything, as he pointed out. You, you didn't say anything in the Not whole process. And then you want to come out after the fact and say you didn't overvalue your conference with ESPN, even though you got pigeonholed into an Apple deal that was incentive-laden, to say the least. Don't tell me you didn't ask for 500 milli from ESPN because if you hadn't asked for 500 million and you were willing to do 90 from ESPN and then hey let's go work with these different partners and figure it out like you weren't willing to do that man so I do believe you asked for 500 million I do believe you you care nothing about athletics at Washington honestly that's my opinion I don't think she cares I think she is an incredibly intelligent woman I think that she has gotten to the place that she uh, is because she is really smart. She does know how to do her job in, in academics at a really high level. Yep. But again, she's on the laundry list of administrators in what was the Pac-12 who know nothing about athletics and have no business doing TV deals. And that's why you're in the position you're in. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, one other story before we get to Football 50 coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes. Did you guys hear about Boston Red Sox legend? 
and I use the term lightly, Kurt Schilling. Did you hear this story? Mm. This really pissed me off today. It should. So Kurt Schilling is a pariah at best. Like nobody wants to be associated with him. He is beyond his political beliefs and his anti-Semitism and all of the stuff that he has just damaged his reputation with. Kurt Schilling's been known as a guy who just doesn't care about other people. And today, in my opinion, that was cemented. When he said on his, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised, Barstool podcast that his former Red Sox teammate Tim Wakefield is battling brain cancer and the situation is dire. Nobody knew that. Tim Wakefield, as it turns out, and his wife released a statement not confirming that, but saying, yeah, there's a medical situation and we are asking for your privacy now. And I am amazed that Kurt Schilling thought it was okay to out Tim Wakefield who Kurt Schilling says has one of the most aggressive forms of brain cancer and the situation is dire, which, I mean, I took to mean that he's dying. Yeah. Like, that's just so inhumane. Like, am I wrong for being fired up about that? I don't think you're wrong for it. I, I, I think that there's uh, a certain level of respect that needs to be paid to those situations. It, 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 it is not your place. I mean... Again, I understand you were teammates with with this with Tim Wakefield, uh, who, by the way, in my opinion, in my opinion, absolute legend. Uh, you know, grew up on Tim Wakefield, one of the best knuckleballers that the game's ever seen. Probably won't see another guy like him for decades. Like, just to put it lightly. And what really bothers me is like, Kurt just as usual, I guess, right? Living up to the reputation, as usual. just doesn't care about. Uh, about respect or like due process in a sense. Like it's not your place to say on a podcast, hey, yeah, he's he's battling cancer. It's one of the most like it's to not completely your place, out dude. His it's, medical situation. It, it, it is disrespectful to say the least. And and I'm sure we're gonna get comments say, well, what what if they allowed him to do that? Well, maybe they did. I don't. They know. They did not. There's they no absolutely way. Absolutely did not. He admitted, Kurt Schilling has admitted they don't talk very frequently, that they had occasionally kept in touch. And if you, I mean, there's no way, there is no way that Tim Wakefield, based on his, based on his current situation, and if you look at, I mean, that's just such a horrible place to be. Yeah. It's such a horrible place to be. And you look at the the statement that Tim and Stacy Wakefield issued through the Boston Red Sox. And you really start to understand that the Wakefields wanted nothing to do with Kurt Schilling outing Tim Wakefield's situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm I just, I am amazed by it. There it is. Thank you. Um, the Red Sox issued this statement for the Wakefields. We are aware of statements and inquiries about the health of Tim and Stacy Wakefield. Unfortunately, this information has been shared publicly without their permission. Their health is a deeply personal matter they intended to keep private 
as they navigate treatment and work to tackle this disease. Yeah, the Wakefields had no desire for this to be public. Yeah. And it, this really bothered me. Like, it, it really, really... I, just, I, I don't understand why you would... Why you... There are just some human beings in this world that just have no sense of respect, no sense of, hey, yeah, probably shouldn't say mm. this. Or and, and I feel like we are uniquely qualified to talk about this topic because of what we do. Um, I would never... Yeah. I, I, I would never out someone's private situation whether that's medical or whatever all right you you don't do that it is a cardinal sin yeah it's it's wild to me i wonder what you guys think katie raider hey katie how are you uh no monty you're spot on not a classy move at all i i would agree with that um lfg says kurt Schilling, not a great representative of the subset of people who share many of his political views he is really a he's kind of a wing nut yeah. Like his political beliefs are way out there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Different show way out there. Uh, Schilling is a knothead. He should have simply said, I heard my former teammate isn't feeling well. Keep him in your prayers and that's it. Don't say specifics. I'd have been fine with that. Yeah. I would have, I would have absolutely been fine with that. Uh, MJ Bissett. What's up, MJ? Uh, definitely out of place, but Wakefield's fans probably like to know to send him well wishes. The specifics were unnecessary. Agreed. I agree. It is, yeah, he's just such a, an odd guy. And then, dudes, this situation with Chandler Jones. Whew. So you remember we told you the other day that Chandler Jones claimed to have been hospitalized against his wishes. Uh-huh. And... The inference was that there was a wellness check done and he was institutionalized because they were worried about him hurting himself or others. And then he gets released and Chandler Jones decided that, hey, I'm Chandler Jones. I'm a football player. You know, um, why don't why don't we do a live stream and talk about Aaron Hernandez? Wait, they don't know what happened with Aaron Hernandez and Josh McDaniels. All right, y'all. Y'all thought Chico killed himself in jail? Y'all thought my Chico killed himself in jail? Here's where it gets tough, dude. So he flips the camera. <gasps> Look at him crying. So we go from this Chandler Jones, this amazing athlete machine, to that Chandler Jones breaking down on a live stream. Yeah. And now you look at the ramblings that he wrote in this journal. And if you've gone and, and read his journal, you know, logs from the time that he was in this facility, this is terrifying to me. And the you know the first thing that I think about is CTE. It's the first thing I think about. He has been a football player pretty much his entire um, life. And you just worry about a guy like that. I don't know what you do. Because now, if it is in fact true that the Raiders had him, had somebody do a wellness check, or 
now you understand why that am I the only one who feels like Chandler Jones is in a difficult bad spot no I mean clearly he's not in a good spot I I think that you know clearly this is someone who needs some help and and I don't think that makes him a bad guy um but yeah I I I do think he needs some help and not, and I don't know like I saw you know all over Twitter and on some shows today people were talking about the fact that mm. you know mental illness you know yeah. it runs in your DNA and like it it goes through families and and that's very true I, I mean that's that's a fact and and I don't know if that's what this is or if dude is just if if maybe you know yeah maybe this is CT I I, I don't know but I I think what I do know is that it's sad to see these people fall from greatness. I, I mean, this it is someone, really is. This is someone who was having an, just an outstanding career. Uh, I mean, like you said, this is someone who was a playmaker, someone who you feared on the defensive line, someone who, you know, uh, I, I believe in that string of tweets today talked about how, you know, he was getting, I think it was like, uh, like $11 million or something a year or whatever it was. Like, you know, you were doing great. And, and now, uh, people are forever changed. Like your reputation's forever changed and, and, and it's forever changed how people view you. And I think that's, what's difficult about this. There's no going back from this. Yeah, there's, there's no going back. And it's, I just hope, I hope this doesn't end the way these things always end. Well, and I, and I think, you know, it's funny, you know, when I look around, celebrities and athletes and stuff you know we we all remember i think it was early this week maybe late last week that britney spears video with the knives they did a wellness check on her too and i feel like we these people who have money and live that life and are are able to just not care about money and just live in sort of a different reality in a sense like dude they just they just one day the switch just turns like that and they well, just change. But it's not even the Aaron Hernandez suicide thing. I think it's been very clear. I want to say the running back Fred Taylor, the Jacksonville Jags legend, uh-huh. he's talked about this, that he doesn't believe for a second. He knew he knew Aaron Hernandez very well. He also does not believe. I think there are there's a handful of guys in the NFL who knew Aaron Hernandez that said, yeah, there's no way he killed himself. I'm not even that... Like, that's not that crazy of a thing. It's the emotional breakdown on a live stream in front of a fire in your backyard after you just got out of a, a wellness check safety hold. Yeah. Though it just, I, I feel terrible for the guy. And I look at his brother, Bones Jones. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Addiction issues, police running, running from the police issues. What Dana White, I think, would tell you, like, I mean, it's scary. What's what what goes on, man? Woo! Yeah, man. That is that is terrifying. Uh, Katie Raider says he needs an intervention. Yeah, and Donut says Junior Sale had similar traits. Chandler needs help, and I, I hope it doesn't go that road. Yeah, nobody deserves that, man. Concussion protocol. Trackhouse Fifty One says, man. Um, Mike Phillips says in the video, Jones says CT doesn't exist. I wish that were true. Uh, needs another wellness check. Seriously. Uh, Spears now looks like someone who needs a conservatorship. Yeah. How about that? Did you guys see that? So Britney Spears, and I think we talked about this yesterday, did a video 
So you know that Britney Spears got divorced. Her husband's out of her house. Yeah. Britney Spears posted a dancing video with these big blades, knives. And then the next day posted a video with bandages on her arm. And then who knew they did a wellness check on her? Like, and it, mm, it, that is, that is not, it's not funny. It's, it's, it's not cool. It's not something to joke about. Mental health is, yeah, it's fair. Exactly right. The Britney Spears thing is equally as troubling yeah. and, and terrifying. It is it, brutal. Raider Mark, when an athlete accepts a D1 scholarship, you should and need to know the risks of CTE. And yet, how many of them say no? How many of them are even in a position to say no? Mm -hmm. That's for sure. James, guys, we have almost 400 people watching and only 118 likes. Please hit the like button. It helps the program grow. Yes, please. Uh, Kyle Wilson, Monty, it could be, it could also be early onset dementia. I don't know what it is. You're right. It could be a hundred things, but he's a football player. Yeah. And overwhelmingly look at Steve McMichael. Look at, I mean, mm, I, I just, I can't do yeah. it. It is it. Look at, look it's at difficult. Antonio Brown. Look at yeah. Aaron Hernandez. I, I mean, it's just, it's terrifying. Kyle says it's very scary. It is. Daniel Dixon, as one who battled depression, the battle is real. It's why I started going to celebrate recovery. Yeah, get help, man. Like that is that is a uh, a very, very real deal. Um, all right. Don't forget Thursday night football's coming up here tonight. Uh-huh. Where do you lean on this game? Um, because I I can't believe Detroit in Green Bay is favored by two. Um, David Montgomery is officially active tonight. Adam Schefter tweeting um, that Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are both active. David Montgomery is active. Um, wow, that's huge. Uh, Halavitai is active. Oh, no, Halavitai is not active. And Emmanuel Mosley is out as well, the DB for Detroit. Wow, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Dudes, I'm telling you, man, I don't understand this number. Detroit's a two-point a two favorite in this game tonight. Which mm -hmm. way are you leaning? Yeah, you know, I, I think what's difficult about that is, obviously, this is at Lambeau. I think what I like about that line is it's Jordan Love, and it's the Lions' defense. And I'm, I, I love Jordan Love. I love the way he's been playing early in his opportunity here. Um, I totally agree with all the people who have said, hey, it's shades of Aaron Rodgers and the way that he moves and his mannerisms and the way he play fakes and totally agree with all that. The question is, can you possess the football tonight? Can you drive down the field in a time-consuming, long fashion? Because if you can do that, you're going to win this game uh, pretty convincingly, I think. But if you're going to turn the football over tonight or you're just going to be unimaginative on offense like I've seen a few times, you're not winning this game. And I think for Jordan Love and the Packers, this is an important one. This is in the division, obviously. Um, this is probably, you know, with where the Vikings are at now, this is clearly your, you know, your in-division rival, if you will. The Lions have a lot to play for here, too. So I like the minus two line. You for, do. I, I, I do like it because I think you a lot do. of people believe in Dan Campbell. And I think a lot of people believe in Goff and because Montgomery's playing, like I think a lot of people believe in this Lions team, but make no mistake wow. about it. This is a home game. It's Lambeau. 
there are expectations, and you can't tell me Jordan Love is not trying to meet that expectation. Well, I was looking at my prize picks today on mm -hmm. this game, and the the one that's really interesting to me is Jared Love, uh, Jordan Love. He's two thirty three and a half for passing yards, which I think is very interesting. But if you look at pass rush receiving touchdowns, he's only one and a half. I think you got to take the pass rush receiving TDs more than one and a half. So it's either one or two. Is Jordan Love going to be good for one or two touchdowns? At home with Aaron Jones, I think he's going to be good for two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't say I disagree with that. And by the way, in his last several games, he's been more than two. Last week, he had two. La, uh, the week before that, he had three. And the week before that, he had three. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty safe. I, I, I'll take that, actually, yeah. And the other one is um, Riley Patterson, the kicker for Detroit, is only one and a half field goals. Hmm. So, hmm. I mean, I, I think that's man, that's a tough one, dude. I, I you know, when when uh, last week on Thursday night football it was Tampa and Philly, I had the combination of the kickers and came up one field goal short. So I think that's a. Kicking is a tough one because, again, if yeah. there's a lot of punting happening, like, again, you look at this, Jack Fox, the punter for Detroit, oh, uh, more or less is four. I mean, that's, yeah, you know. But you're a Jared Goff guy. I am not a Jared Goff guy. Uh -huh. I am not a Jared Goff guy whatsoever, any way, shape, or form. And I'm telling you right now, man, they're going to kick field goals tonight. I think they're going to kick field goals tonight. So I'm going to take the Packers to win outright, and I think it goes over the 45. Damn. Um, you're taking the Packers to win outright. Yeah. What did yeah. I do in the – we have this family pick'em group. Family. Do you enjoy the pick'em? That's yeah, all right. It's all right. I don't. I don't put a ton of time into it, honestly. I've got Detroit straight up. It's no. There's no lines or over unders. I've got Detroit straight up in the family pick them. But I'm. I. Mm. I I'm, you know. Mm. You know. The other one I really like tonight is is rush attempts for AJ Dillon. The 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 number is nine and a half more or less, and I well, have. But to Aaron take more Jones on is that. playing though. Yeah, I know, but but yeah. That's yeah. a question. See, and I'm with Lopes Van Gabe, too. I took love on more rushing yards. Lions gave up 20-plus rushes to Patty Mahomes and Geno Smith. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. Uh, Bryce Martin, Packers, too banged up. No real run game and can't protect love. Well, and Bakhtiari's on IR now. Yeah, which is rough. No. I. You guys are not. Don't stop it. You are not listening to me, boy. Now I want to pick Detroit. <laughs> now I want to pick Detroit. I'm fucking Harry Austin, Detroit. Thank you, Harry. Uh, Thank you. Main event, Lions are eating some cheddar tonight. Well, you know, honestly, you guys, I told you, I got the Lions in the family pick them. Dude, what's going on with the... Yeah, what, what do you got going on there, the dude? The quaff's a little... Th yeah, are you doing okay, dude? I, I mean, admittedly, it's roasting in here today. Yeah, dude. I, Absolutely roasting. Our office suite is 78 degrees or 77 degrees. It just turned down. Bryce Martin, uh, Packers too banged up. I read that one. It's fair. Detroit is the best team in the NFC. Stop. The best team in the NFC. 
Yeah, I mean, I not 49ers? the best team in the NFC. No, Eagles. Eagles. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Jared Jack Goff. No, Bob Smith. Uh, if the Lions had a full week of prep, I'd take Detroit. Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari does concern me. I would agree with that. It's fair. Detroit Lions, Kansas City to the Super Bowl. Wow, really, really. Um, and I'm still on this Lopes fan Gabe one. I took love on more rushing yards. Yeah, maybe I'd do that. Okay. Jared Goff, 255 and a half for passing yards. I took this is why I was on Jordan Love because he's a I hate so much that you like Jared Goff. Like it I it, Jordan Love, 233 and a half. More. More? More. <sighs> Man, guy, it's Jerry. Got, like, well, I don't get it's this Jordan about you. Love, it's Jordan Love, dude. It's right. Who's been really good? Jerry Goff. Jerry games. Jerry Goff. Come on now, it, it, dude. He's. I'm telling you, he's naked behind the curtain. Uh, he is just not. He's not that dude. I guess. Dude, Jordan Love hasn't been impressive to you. No, I mean he's been impressive, but he's only been impressive because of the expectation. Right. Oh my God. Right. The expectation was that Jordan Love was not going to be good. So he's been impressive because that was your expectation. Do you guys understand? Yeah, this is what I have to deal with. This is what I have to deal with. Do you guys get it? God, are you there? Don't fuck. Yeah, God, can you help me? The expectation makes it more difficult to be good. Please. Ask Zachy Poo. Please. You're crazy. That's my point, dude. Tanner- Nobody had expectations for Jordan Love. Tanner Plummer, Jake, are you still a Baker guy? <laughs> I mean, I thought he played pretty well. Mike Smith, Wayne Fonts got to be smiling down. Is Wayne Fonts dead? Uh, at the Lions in the direction they're going now, seriously. I didn't know Wayne Fonts was dead. I had no idea. Dakota Tubbs, Detroit uh, might actually win their Turkey Day game this year for once. Monty needs hymns, LOL. No, I'm, dude, trust me, man. I mean... That's not... Stay hard! Dude. That ain't no problem, man. That ain't, you know, apparently. Uh, It's fair. Jared Goff is 2023 Brad Johnson. Johnson! You know. At some point, I'll just shave it all off, right? No, you're not a bald guy. You're not a a chrome guy. I'm not there yet. Uh, Tarrant County, boy, I'll take Jared Girl. There you go. Uh, Arlington Bears listening to the show today at 10,000 feet deer hunting. Okay. My man. Damn. I still feel bad about destroying your golf course. What a joke that was. My God. So Arlington Bears invites us down to play at Talon Point. Mm -hmm. Talon Cove? I I think it's Talon Point, but I could be wrong. So he takes us golfing to his club, and (laughs) I, I hit balls all over the place except in the fairway and on the green. Like, that was, man. I'll pick the Lions because the Packers can suck it. <laughs> My man. Dude, in Major Let's League go. Baseball on prize picks, the Cubs are not really available to be selected. Oh, there we go. Stroman. Because because the Cubs don't play baseball anymore. The season's over. No, it's not. The season's over. No, this, this, no, no. The, season, no. the season's over. No, no, no. Stop. Boss Frog, I have action on the Lions minus two and under 45 and a half. You think under? Okay, how about this? How about this? Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup. Anybody interested in the Ryder Cup on prize picks? What does prize picks have on Ryder Cup? Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns is is shooting. They're the opening pair, yep. 
Four more or less than four and a half holes one tomorrow. Oh, you got to go more. Here are the other options. All of these are far. The line on all of these is four and a half holes one. So Scheffler and Sam Burns, Max Homa and Brian Harmon. Max Homa is going to, I think he's going to ball out. Now, think this is who they're playing or competing with. Max Homa and Brian Harmon are competing against Ludwig Aberg and Victor Hovland. Colin Morikawa and Slicky Ricky Fowler are playing Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka. That's the one I'm inclined to take. Scheffler and Burns have Rahm and Hatton. Yeah. Terrell Hatton, Terrell Hatton is so flammable, though. Yeah. I'd stay away from Victor Hovland. That dude, did that, you see he got a hole in one oh, a, yeah. on a par four? What a prick. Yeah. Um, so uh, Colin Morikawa and Ricky Fowler versus Shane Lowry and Seb Strzok. Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood get Shoffley and Cantley. Damn. No. I think I'd probably go more with Scheffler. You think? I mean, John Rahm and Terrell Hatton. On 18 holes, I'm taking Scheffler alone. Yeah. I think I'd go more. Okay. That's 1.30 in the morning Eastern. Yeah. 1.30 in the morning Eastern. Okay, I got that. I'm going to go more on that. Okay. So right now I've got three. I've got Jordan Love. More than one and a half pass rush receiving touchdowns. Romeo Dobbs, more than five and a half receiving targets. Okay. And Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, more than four and a half holes one. Dude. Um, I think you're good there. Should I flex play? Yes. Always <laughs> flex, dude. I don't have the balls anymore. I'm on such a losing streak on prize picks. Okay. I placed the entry. There okay. we go. Uh, Bob Smith says golf talk time for a nap. I love it. Dude, I love golf so much. It's fair. Says Detroit is deep. Kelsey was the man on moon base eight. Yeah. We could talk about that today too. If you want, what? You, you guys want to talk about the, the Swifty updates, uh, you know, Swifty and Patty Mahomes wife. No. Dude. How about Taylor Swift raising the price of NFL tickets? Ridiculous. Taylor Swift. <laughs> you guys. Taylor Swift announced she's going to see Chiefs and Jets because mm. she's got to get, you know, her. No, not doing it. Um, she's da- Yeah, she, stop. She's dating My Travis bad. Kelsey. Right. She announces she's going. The average ticket price went up $120. Waves in opposition. Are you really going to a football game to look at Taylor Swift? Nope. Nope, I'm not, dude. I'm Why not. is it I just don't care? Yeah. I don't <coughs> care. <coughs> I, I I honestly am not sure that I could care less. Suckmyass.com. It, it's not possible. <laughs> this Taylor Swift in the NFL thing, I don't care. I don't give a baby's fuck. Like, if she was hot, maybe that's different. My wife is going to punch me in the face for that. But maybe, no, it was, not. maybe it would be different. But I'm out. I, dude, it's football. Anyway. In all seriousness. Yeah. $120 because you want to see Taylor Swift? Whoever came up with that shit. She's not fucking singing. (laughs) Right? She's in a box. (laughs) She's not singing. No, 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 no. Reset that. She's not in a box. 
She's in Trav's box, okay? Or Let's is, make wait, sure. wait, wait. Is Trav in her box? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because Taylor you. Swift See? may have her own box. The cack. <laughs> <laughs> She's not performing. Why are you, you're willing to pay 120 extra dollars because Taylor Swift is going to be in the same 100,000 people vicinity as you. The if, same 100,000 people But vicinity. seriously, think about it, man. If if I said to you, okay, give me $120. Hey, dumbass, give me $120. I'll put you within 100,000 people of Taylor Swift. You're going to say yes? Donnie, you're out of your element. You're going to say yes. Because that's about what it is. It's New York City. Do you really think you're running into Swifty like at Starbucks? Fucking A. You're paying 120 bucks for a cup of coffee, so why not take your shot? <laughs> but do you really think you're running into Swifty at Jimmy's Pizza Joint? You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Come and on, if you dude. do, and if you do, do you think she's giving you the time of day? Hell no, dude. Come on. You are not Travis Kelsey. Stop. You don't get to make a cute little bracelet swing and miss and then still land it. Come on, dude. Yeah, Tanner. The Jesus. breakup song Taylor's going to write after all of this is going to be. right? Where are the references to sitting at a Jets game? Like, how? Like, is she already I writing the song? I loved you. You kicked it in my upright. Uh, a and lot. And then I sacked you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> what are we? Bob Smith. Taylor is built like a stork. <laughs> A stork. Okay, can we get a picture of a stork on the screen real quick? Taylor, I'm sorry. I thought you uh, said yeah, I, she I, was built like a stork. Like, like I mean, you, I'm just saying. Bro, a stork. He, a stork. This is what you think Taylor Swift. Okay, bro. I guess I'm just going to put this picture up. and it's And it's a fairly simple, easy question. Right. This I'm about what 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 I'm about to ask you is pretty straightforward. When it comes to Storky, would you? <laughs> there you go. Nice beat, Taylor. Like, come on, man. A stork? I'm not even that bad. I've said alien. Yeah, uh, you know that that's not that's offensive, dude. It's fair. Who are some so Why are so many dudes infatuated with this woman? I want a woman like prime rib and mashed potatoes from Texas That's Roadhouse. That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't really get it. Could you imagine Taylor Swift being like, Travis is like, hey, man, where do you want to go to dinner? Hey, guys. And Taylor Swift is like, hey, uh, do you think we could go get, um, hey, Trav, do you think we could go get prime rib and mashed potatoes from Texas Roadhouse, bro? Daddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's not a chance on earth the stork is going to Texas Roadhouse. What the fuck are you talking about? No. Gary, uh, Gary Wolf, Travis Mot Motto. Okay. Is Swifty to the number one pick? Not in my draft. Uh-uh. Johnny Gonzalez, Travis pulling an and Anna Nicole Smith with rich Texas oil tycoon. Dude. No. That, I'm not no. being extra nope. just because she's in the building, dude. I'm not doing that. He's made so much money off of Taylor Swift already. If you're Travis Kelsey's agent, are you like, hey, man, <laughs> first of all, we got to sign an extension, you and me. Second of all, can we get like, where's the, the what, what, how do you combine their names? Travis Swift. No, it's got to be like Taylor Swift. Taylor Kelsey. Swelsey? 
Swelsey. Swelsey. Hey, bro, we got to make some Swelsey t-shirts quick. I knew today would be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> like, aren't you trying to sell every t-shirt, yeah, every jockstrap, well, I mean, I every... His jersey sales are 400%. And dude. he gets, I think he gets 31 cents for every jersey sold with his name on it. Like, do you not understand the money he's making? It's Fair says, no, I'll just have a salad in LaCroix. Taylor, what do you want for dinner? I'll have a salad with hard-boiled eggs and a LaCroix. A LaCroix. A LaCroix, please. Uh, Boss Frog, Texas Roadhouse? No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mike Phillips, the correct combination is trailer. Oh, we're so cute. Call us trailer. Dude. So my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law. Oh, dear. Got vanity plates. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Her name is Becky and his name is Bob. They got Beckbo for vanity plates. That's kind of cool. Jake? Having fun is the name of the game. That it, It's better than Swelsey. No comment. That sounds like you have, like, sweaty ass. Yeah. Do you need Rebelsis, dude? Hey, bro, are you getting a little... <laughs> What's going on down there? Oh, I just got some, uh, you know, swelsey. <laughs> you know, a little, you know, thigh chafing with that swelsey. <laughs> you know. Uh, Cougar Johnson, Monty, the Big 12 rumor did not come from Lockdown Pac-12. It came from Drake at Lockdown Big 12. Okay, my bad. Oh, Jesus. Well, I mean, I'm glad that they're so different. <laughs> Why would a Big 12 podcast report this when three weeks ago he was 100%? I've, I don't. Dude, who the hell knows? I, because... Because the show is called Lockdown Big 12, so the guy gets pigeonholed into talking Big 12. I have no when idea. When the reality of the situation is it should be Lockdown whatever the hell is relevant. Yeah, I don't get like, it. All Chiefs jerseys will be sold with glitter on them now. Yeah. Sir, so, it's called bedazzling. Yeah, we're going to be there. Hey, can we get a Swelsey jersey bedazzled? Boom. Out of here. Please. No. Um. Now, you were saying that Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift are now friends? Yeah, so uh, apparently, allegedly, Brittany Mahomes and Trailer were Trailer. were having drinks after the game or whatever. To the point where they talked for a while. Allegedly, they took shots together and they agreed to hang out at a later date. And apparently, they're going to hang out at all the games now. Apparently. Well, they are the two not-wives or... You know, good Lord. I just, but it is, it, I mean, is it cute to see like this TMZ picture of, you know, like Swelsey? They're, they're like actually at a bar. Am I the only one who thinks it's weird that Swelsey, like they're going to bars, bro. How dare you? Like they're out in, like they're actual normal people going to. Like, does Taylor Swift go to, like, Jimmy's sports she bar? She does now. Like, Jimmy's corner sports hey bar? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. My name is Bob, and I'll be your waiter. What can I get for you? Yeah, can we start with some nachos? Can we get some LaCroix, please? <laughs> like, look at... Is she grabbing his ear? No, she's grabbing his lobe. His lobe? Oh, excuse me. Ah! Like, am I, I... Look at her, her nose. Like, the whole thing just weirds me. Okay, Taylor Swift... <laughs> Or a stork. You dude, be the judge. Bro, chill. You you be the chill, judge. Chill, dude. No redos. Chill. You, you, you be the judge. I'm asking for a friend. Bro, a stork is harsh, bro. They're, but it's weird to me that they're like out at a at that looks like a sports bar to me. Yeah, they're definitely out, no doubt. No doubt about it. I yeah, it's 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 odd as hell. And Brittany Mahomes, I am not a fan. Still I, cringe. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, still cringe. 
she is she's a bit of an odd duck. Yeah, and uh, quarterback didn't do her any favors. Why do you say? Well, because it's clear that Patrick, without saying it, is burned out on it. Like, there's no doubt. She's always wanting to take selfies. Yeah, and... yeah dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was cool that she was in the box with his mom, and uh, but I'm I'm over it already. Uh, I'm over it already. Tarrant County boy, Kim K. Even though she's gone through half of Africa. Okay, dude, chill, bro. Wow, chill. Uh, it's just different because he's a superstar. No, it's different because she she's the, the superstar. superstar, dude. She's dude. The... Travis Kelsey's a meathead who plays tight end on a good yeah. team. Buddy oh. over here is changing the economy with concerts, bro. I'm pretty sure she's got a bigger yeah, following. Look at the way she dresses. Dude, look at that fur. That's, that's not that's not her, guys. That's, oh, my bad. Yeah. My my bad. My bad. I mean, Taylor Swift is a Dude. billionaire brand on her own. He is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Woodward, just don't want to see them at Beetlejuice. Okay, Lauren Bobert, take it easy. <laughs> Mike Smith, she grabbed his lobe and he melted. She knows his spot. Oh. Macaque. Do you... <laughs> Do you think they're enchanted uh, to meet you? Yeah. That's, and I'm not even joking about this. Yeah. Tell this story. This is a damn good story right here. I've deleted the Taylor Swift's Enchanted off of my... <laughs> I have several playlists I listen to while we play golf. Or, or try to. try Attempt. Um, we're, so I got so fed up with it, I deleted all of her music off my playlist. <laughs> and then... And then and what then, do you know? Then, We're five holes deep. Yeah. Which uh, Travis is too. Right. Uh-huh. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Right. And all of a sudden, hero st anti-hero starts playing. Oh, so you mean Apple Music is pushing the number one artist on Apple Music? Who the hell knew, Drake? And then I'm like, okay, it's one song, fine. And then that need to calm down song or need to settle down, whatever it's called. And I'm like, what the hell? I try to stay calm and not curse. I go back to my phone. I'm no longer in my playlist. I am in a Taylor Swift playlist. <laughs> and it's very powerful. So I go back and I hit shuffle on the playlist. And it plays oh. uh, Future's song called Where You At. Dude. <laughs> what's the next fucking song that, or excuse my French, what's the next song that plays? You know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say? Enchanted by the story. That's what fucking takes me the fuck off. And that was where I lost Dude it. Dude lost his shit over this. It was awesome. I was so mad. Dude, what the hell? It's playing Taylor Swift again. I can't it's stand all, it. That's I all can't it would play. I can't get away from her today. That's all it would play. <laughs> Enchanted to meet you. Texas me. Yeah, I'd like to meet my golf ball, but I sliced it into that dude's yard. Whatever. Any, it's an Apple algorithm that happens to me like on the weekend. It's annoying, especially if you're working out in the middle of a pump. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trav would, all, would know all about the yeah. pump. Ho oh! Macaque. <laughs> Grow up. Stay hard. You're a child. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god, dude. <sighs> now I Woo! feel better. Okay. All right, man. Now wow. I feel better. Okay. Now. Okay, the program just got started. All right, now guys. Now I feel better. Hour number two of the Monty Show, as uh, always, number, is. Number three. 
same thing. Yeah. Hour, whatever this is, of the Monty <laughs> Show presented by the Advocates. Program. <laughs> See, when we have fun, I I'm t- I hit that buckshot at, at, at like 30 minutes into the show, and then it's just, we're out. This show just goes by so fast. Hour number uno, dos, cuatro of the Monty Show. Hour number three of the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. Theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. If you've been injured in a car accident, even if it wasn't your fault, you still have to deal with the consequences like overdue medical bills, car repairs, and worse, insurance companies that try their hardest not to pay their fair share. No need to worry, though. The advocates are here to help. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And again, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, bicycles, if you guys got hurt at work, they're great with workman's comp. I mean, they are, they're elite at all injury cases. They've just been doing it for so long. Hell, I've known Matt Triggs at the Advocates for 10 years or more now. And I'm telling you, they just take care of our viewers so often. And it's because they understand empathy and compassion. They give back to their communities because they know that when you go to the Advocates, it's one of the most difficult days of your life. You've been in some kind of accident and you need help. That's why you go to the Advocates. You didn't deserve to get injured. You didn't deserve to get in an accident, but you absolutely deserve an advocate. Chat with an attorney live online for free at theadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports today. Um, I think there's no question. Um, this story about uh, Oregon State and Washington State um, against the, the 10 exiting members of the Pac-12 they are in negotiations. I think it settles before it goes to court. A court date was issued for November, I think, 17th. I just don't think these two remaining, Oregon State and Washington State, can wait another six weeks to just have their court date because you know that's not going to get settled there. There's going to be a, you know, discovery, continuances, motions, yeah. like... I, I don't see how Oregon State and Washington State can afford Jake to go another six weeks. Yeah, I mean, I just think you're going to get lost in the red tape, as they say, right? You're going to get lost in the paperwork, lost in the process. And I don't think you can afford that. I mean, I mean, again, you know, it's this age-old concept of, hey, you don't have a, you don't have a schedule next year. You don't have structure, or way forward, any type of plan, nothing. You're essentially sitting on a little raft drowning and you don't have a you don't have a boat dude there's no boat coming and and i don't i don't understand if i'm washington state and oregon state why i play hardball with these 10 members would i negotiate yes of course i i would negotiate you know i would try to come up with a settlement that that probably favors you like maybe a 60 40 type deal something like that but i'm definitely in the camp of hey we need to get this done dude we need to get this settled and get through this so we can get on with hey Mountain West, let's put this thing together. I mean that's yeah. that it has to happen now. Thursday night football tonight, uh, Packers and Lions. Boss Frog, our resident um, Teddy Wayman, um, <laughs> Teddy and Boss are our two wagering experts. Uh, minus two. Uh, Boss Frog, I believe, said he has the Lions minus two under the forty-five. Mm-hmm. At Green Bay, 8-15 on Prime Video. One of the more interesting stories today, Thursday Night Football is up 21% yeah. year over year on Prime Video. Are you guys watching? Are you watching Thursday Night Football? Are you now comfortable with streaming as your sports watching platform? 
I don't think you have any choice. I, again, I have said repeatedly on the show, I am a YouTube TV subscriber. I am somebody that, whether it's Pat McAfee or Jim Rome, I, I don't watch anything on television to say cable, satellite. Everything I do is on streaming now. Whether that's HBO Max, I have an Amazon Fire, um, what is it, 75-inch TV now. Like, I'm all streaming for everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Are you getting more and more comfortable with it? Are you just accepting it? I, I think there's been a process of assimilating to it. I think there's been a process of, hey, can we, you know, what's the best way? How do we find the games we want? And I think the hardest part for me is still that you have to switch platforms to watch different games. I have to think at some point that gets figured out. But do you think it's gotten easier? And do you think more people have you know, converted to streaming. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the YouTube TV experience is outstanding. I, I mean, I agree there's not a fix yet for switching or flipping around or having to load up apps. I, I, I think that the, you know, the the demand for fast internet, like, hey, I need quick, high-speed internet, is going up. And, and I think, you know, it, it, when you have good internet, the app loads faster, you can flip between things faster. But um, yeah, I do think the assimilation is happening. I, I think that in mass form, like on a national level, you're not going to really get big time, you know, assimilation until it becomes a societal norm to be on stream versus on cable. Because again, that the older generation, right, is the one that streamers are not going to be able to capture for a while until the masses are on stream until it's like, oh, everybody I know is on stream. Once everybody I know is on stream happens, then you will get the rest of the cake. But I, I don't think stream can get, you know, what, 60, 70, 80% of the share until it's easy to use. You, you, you don't have to be logged into every single thing under the sun. Yeah, but it, like, at some point, you're not going to have a choice. And I think ESPN, again, is going to be the one to force that hand. But every time we get viewership now, it seems like the numbers are massive. And I I look at Amazon Prime as a really important test for sports fans. Because I think Amazon Prime is going to wind up with a significant amount of NBA content. I think they already have a significant amount of the NFL. I think it's only a matter of time until Amazon has a piece of pretty much every major sport globally. They already have a ton of soccer. Yeah. I mean, I I just think it's a matter of time. Where Apple has struggled, and e- even since they got this messy bump, they're still not where everybody expected them to be. Uh, Amazon Prime is already there, yeah. And I think they are the the they are the what do you want to call it? A test balloon, whatever you want to call it. These numbers where Amazon Prime is up twenty one percent on Thursday yeah. night football. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you're the established player. In the game, and, and again, I'm just going to keep saying this. Like I said with the Pac-12, it matters when you win games, right? This is the same concept. Hey, you are you are streaming the number one sport in the United States of America, football, right? And not only are you streaming it, you are drawing numbers. You're yeah. growing. You're moving in the right direction. It's tangible. It's straightforward. You're not the company that's unwilling to divulge your subscriber count or your membership count the way Apple is. Well, And I think the issue for Apple is the messy thing was always going to be a wave, meaning, hey, you're going to see this big uptick, right? You're going to climb, but then you're going to plateau 
and level off. And I think that's the trouble with the Messi thing. It's outstanding for MLS. I love it for MLS. Apple is not going to continue to grow. They're going to see a climb, and then yeah. they plateaued. And I, I think the other issue is, is NBC Universal is going to grow in prominence with sports. You, the Ryder Cup, USA Network. Like, that's who gets early rounds. Which and, is on YouTube TV. And I'm I'm telling you that Apple needs Apple needs a significant bounce. Yeah. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for MLS, but it's, it's not English Premier League. It, there is still not a, a must-have sports option at Apple TV. Yeah. Like there is at Amazon Prime Sports. The like NFL, there is. Dude. Like there is. I mean, you look at NBC paying to stream one playoff game on Peacock and the hundreds of millions of dollars they paid for that. I mean, it, it's not, it, that is, that is strategic. And I think we as sports fans more and more better get on board with it. I do not like the, 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 how clumsy it is, how problematic it is to switch from YouTube TV to X to Y to prime to, yeah. but I'll tell you, I turn on my TV. What's the first thing I'm going to see when I get home tonight, there's going to be it. When I flip on my TV, I get a menu of where I want to go and watch content. There's going to be a huge banner across the top of the screen that says Thursday night football on prime video. Yep. They make it easy man to find them. And it is, it's, it's smart. It's, it's very smart. And it's the only thing you can do. You have to do it that way. Yes. So, MJ Bissett, Apple should have pushed hard for NHL or NBA. Agreed. Why did why what do they they have MLB, yeah. which is some MLB. What, again, what that one game a week. Yeah. And you've got MLS. You I don't need Apple, I don't know what else they have if they have more than that. Dude, if Apple wants to be serious, they need to take the league pass to Apple. That's what you'd need to do. You would need to you would need like the Sunday ticket. How were you not bidding on the Sunday ticket? How were you not involved in that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Casey Anthony got away with it, says, I will pay Taylor Swift $120 not to sing. <laughs> I don't hate her. She's talented. I'll be honest with you. I don't hate her music. I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the Taylor Swift talk now. Yeah. There has to be a line where it's oversaturated. Yes. It, it, tell me Taylor Swift is not oversaturated. Well, and I think it's one of the geniuses, again, love him or hate him, Drake understands this. When when was when's like Drake releases new music, but he's not constantly beating you over the head with it. He rides the wave, then he disappears for a little while. You see him on social, you see him, you know, putting on a Cowboys jersey or this jersey or that jersey. Like we see him around, but he's not like constantly in our face. And that's the hmm. genius. You you cannot oversaturate so much that people get burned out. The problem is, is there are more people in the world who love Taylor Swift and are obsessed and are just eat it up than there are burned out. Yeah. And until that changes, it's just going to continue. Yeah, I I don't, uh, I don't know. Conference Commissioner Gumby, Taylor Swift, our daughter. No, don't you play the drop. <laughs> don't you play that drop. Taylor is booty water. Uh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tarrant County boy, Casey Anthony is better than Swifty the stork. Well, I mean, I, I disagree with that. I Do mean, you believe I that Taylor Swift is a stork? I don't, but the beaks are awfully similar. <laughs> Tell me that ha, has anybody seen this stork and Taylor Swift in the same sports bar with Travis Kelsey? I have not. And until I do, I won't believe it. You're Taylor Swift and you went to a sports bar. Yeah, apparently. 
Does she get mobbed in a sports bar? I have to think. Like, how do you not? How, like, okay, I, I'm not trying to be totally random. Rando. So we have a window in the studio, right? Quick little sidebar here. This homie just walked out shirtless with a baby carrier. I saw that. <laughs> and turned his Subi on. But like, uh, dude. And put the baby on, on, the ground on the ground next to the car on the passenger side of the car. And he's alone. Bro, I loved you before we just did this whole baby routine where you set it next to the car and turned it on. What do we do? Like, that's what so, I'm talking about, people. Put the baby in the car first. We live in an... We live. No. We do, but we don't. We don't. We're here more than we're at home. Uh, we work in an office tower. This dude was on our floor and walked by our lobby, shirtless, holding a baby carrier. He walks out to the parking lot. First of all, do you not own a shirt, sir? Um, Second of all, you put your baby on the ground <laughs> so that you could go start your car. Like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Come on. What are you what doing? What are we doing? It's not the best situation, and we all know that. Big blue horses for $5. How long until USC type follows the new jazz streaming model? It's an untapped source of funds that flows directly into school coffers. There's just one problem, and it's called a grant of rights, <laughs> which preclu precludes them from doing it. Yeah. It's a great concept, right? I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. But, yeah, until – again, that's why I say the grant of rights model in and of itself is archaic. It, it, it's, it's, it's Stone Age stuff. Like, Yeah. Uh, Bryce Martin, this is what we get for talking mess about Taylor these past few months. Yeah, dude. I, I just don't understand. What was, the, what was the technique? That was like a full-on three technique he did here. He, he literally squatted down – and then put his hand in the dirt to set the baby down. Like, what are we doing, bro? <laughs> what does the shirtless guy have to do with Taylor Swift? Oh, you're saying because a stork brought him a baby? Yeah. I got you. That's awkward. That Okay. Okay. Delaric, okay. uh, she does not get mobbed at sports bars because more people will want to talk to Travis. You're, no. No. I don't know about that. <clears throat> I don't know about that. I Seriously. Uh, Tanner Plummer, who's been the bigger story in sports world this year, Messi, Prime, or Taylor Swift? Well, now I think Prime has been, but isn't Taylor Swift getting more hype in sports than Prime? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, yeah, after the Oregon situation, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, USC can't do that. They gave their media rights to the Big Ten. They did. They did. Uh, Conference Commissioner Gumby, Monty Tower of Power. Yeah, that's what she calls it. Um, <laughs> Come on, dude. Dude, be better. Who the hell commented that? Conference Commissioner Gumby. Dude, Gumby, be better, bro. You know you just put that thing on a tee, dude. Stay hard. Like, I, do you really expect my guy to take a free pass on that, man? The cac. Come on. Uh, Casey Anthony, any grown man who listens to Taylor Swift gets their man card pulled. Nah, we don't do man cards on yeah. this show, and dude. Your boy the man in card this, thing. By the way, the boy the, with the shirtless baby on the yeah. ground, Subi driver guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a... He's got a donut tire on the back of that Subi. <laughs> what did what kind of car did your girlfriend drive by last night? Did she she bought like a Forerunner, right? Or she bought like a Land Rover? No, she ain't got uh, a Land Rover. Money, you know, bro. she bought yeah. okay a Ford Explorer, a Jeep no. Grand Cherokee. Doesn't need all that room. Uh, maybe need all oh, that room. Well, you know, yeah, um, I mean, doesn't need all that room. Maybe dude. maybe on, she dude. got a Jeep Wrangler or no. Rubicon. Nope, doesn't no. need a Rubicon. Definitely okay, don't need that. Maybe she got a Toyota Highlander. Nope. That's a not a good car. Uh, nope. A Highlander is a great car. No. 
Uh, maybe she got a Chevy Equinox. No. A no, Corvette C8. Okay, now we're in the right territory. Nope, she got a Subaru Forester Sport, a 2023 certified pre-owned, 11,000 miles, seven-year, 100,000-mile mi- 100, warranty. So let me get this right. Yeah. How many, like it was, she looked for that car, I know, for weeks, right? Uh, Probably 10 days we looked for one. We did. We did. We've been looking. The car she wound up buying, I meant, the exact unit. Oh, no. I mean, not the exact unit. No. How long had she... How many weeks had she been looking for that exact unit? Uh, Like I said, like 10 days? (laughs) Never. What do you mean never? No, I'm being serious. What do you mean never? We've been been looking. She... she, So, she'd been looking into cars. Mm -hmm. She wanted to buy a new car. Not not like a new, new car, but just like, you know, she wanted to get a new new car. New to her. Yeah, new to her. Exactly. And she right now drives uh, like a mid two thousands Jeep Compass, like an older car, nice little midsize, whatever, nothing, nothing crazy. And admittedly, and she will tell you this, she doesn't like driving. She's not a great driver, you know. She just needs something that's capable in the snow, gets her around town. She has a about a forty minute commute or so every day for work, like. So you know, she wanted something similar, and so I said, okay, well. I, I, hey man, why don't we get you an STI? No, no, no. Gold wheels. No, nope. You don't even have to wear a shirt to drive it. No. And when we have our little kids, because we're fielding a baseball team here, let's be honest. <laughs> you set your kid on the ground and you fire up that Subi, bro. Macaque. <laughs> she walked into a dealer to look at one car and wound up buying another car. And I'm wholeheartedly against it. Okay. I am a believer that when, especially now, I'm a believer that you got to walk out on a car dealership. Unless you're there, like if, if you're Boss Frog and you're buying a Porsche, that's different. Like me, I look and research the exact unit before I'll ever even walk in there. I know the exact price I'm willing to pay, all of it. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine walking into a car dealership and being like, ooh, look at that thing. And then buying. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. You're characterizing as that's what's happened. That's not what happened. Okay. We walked in, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and she had there was a specific car we went to the dealer to look at. It was an Outback, a, an Outback Onyx Edition. It was all black. Admittedly, it looked nice. Which I was thrilled you did not get, or she yeah. did not yeah, get, because well, this it, is yeah. your girlfriend. I was thrilled she did not get it. I thought it was way overpriced. Right, and, it, and I it's agree. a snap together underpowered vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, and generally speaking, I, and, and even as an STI owner, and I've said this to my girlfriend many times, Subarus are snapped together. I have no, I don't dispute that. Mm-hmm. That's not in question. It's absolutely true, right? But the, the thing that I love for her with a Subaru is that, A, I have someone outside the dealership that can work on the car so she can save a bunch of money on regular maintenance, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, I think buying certified pre-owned uh, on a car that's got 10,000 miles on yes. it, which this one does, is a really nice spot to be. Yes. The other thing that I, the, the other reason last night I advocated for her to get this particular car uh, was that it fell right in line with where she wanted her payment to be. And she has a warranty built into it without having to pay extra. And because of the job she works, she got a slight discount. We're not talking thousands. It was, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So at the end of the day, the payment, you know, fell right. She was very comfortable. If this was a payment situation where, you know, it was stretching her finances, it was uncomfortable, I always said, no, I'm let's sorry, get out what? of here. Stretching her, oh, finances. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, if it was stretching her finances, I would have said, no, we, we shouldn't do this. Okay. MJ Bissett, the first streamer in league to offer their product ad-free like premium YouTube will lock in there and grow a fan base. They can add commercials later. Well, yeah, there's a lot to that. I, I can tell you as a as a somebody that uses YouTube professionally, it's amazing how many people subscribe to YouTube Premium and watch our show. It's crazy. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, got to go EV, Jakey. Nah. Not nah, yet. I'm not an EV guy. Not yet. Nope. Uh, Taylor Swift going to start a new college football conference. I've heard that with Oregon State. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Tay-Tay now has Kelsey Tramp Stamp. Tay-Tay. Tramp Stamp. Okay. So in one of the Kardashians coming for... So is one of the Kardashians coming for Prime Sun? <laughs> Only a matter of time. <laughs> Only a matter of time. OG Gary. Depends on the dealership. Yes, walk out. But some dealers, no. There's... Mm, you know. Tarrant County, boy. There's a Porsche down the street. Lo yeah, I'm a it, huge so, Porsche okay, guy. So let me say this. So... I, I think that when you're buying, you know, a pretty straightforward car, right? Like anything that's like, you know, mid high twenties, low thirties, yes. like just a just yep. a regular kind of purchase, not anything exotic or crazy. I think I think it it's situational, right? Like I think if you've come into a good car, you like what you see, the price is good, you get a warranty, the payment's good, like all those things line out, then I think it's fine. I'm with you when we start getting into like Porsche or a Beamer or something German or like when you start getting into 50,000, 60,000, like when you start getting into the topper, the upper brackets, then I think, okay, it's like, hey, I got to have the colors got to be exactly the yes. one I want with the exact features. Uh, I, I, I want this specific, you know, spec like that's when I think you start getting into that. That's not what last night was. Last night was, hey. This is someone who needs an, uh, a daily driver that's, uh, that is reliable. And, and she's not a car person. No, she's let's, not. She's let's not. let's yeah. be very... She's it, not an enthusiast. All, in this climate, you need to save every penny you can, especially yeah. with interest rates where they are when you're getting a loan. Yep. You need to save every penny you can. Yeah. That's, that's all I will say. All right. Let's run through some comments before we start talking about monkeys and their death. Um, <laughs> wait, it's an amazing story. Kelsey wooed Swifty with boneless wings and ranch. Okay. But he has, he has, like, he has closed that deal, right? No, 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 no. Just because she's sitting on your lap in a bar doesn't mean that Taylor Swift is like, oh my God, yeah. You're my long-term boyfriend. No, no. I Not mean that they chance. have they have repopulated the earth. Oh, certainly. He's he's gone to pound town. No doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it, dude. He's gone to. It's internal. Yeah, he's run a go route on that. Uh, <laughs> he ran up the seam. <laughs> wow, Daniel Dixon. Car shopping is like women have to try them on for size. Oh, I'm a huge advocate of drive drive all of them. Drive all of them. Like. Like, we drove four cars last night. Like, I, I think you got to test drive them all. You know, but like, you drive four cars and then you go home. Go home. The for car what purpose, though? What purpose? Less, so you pay less money. I, I, it's just hard. I don't believe, I want, I, I want to look at a car and I want to know exactly what its retail value is. I want to know exactly what I should pay for that car. The other thing, and I'm not too, paying a penny the, the more. The other thing, too, that I think needs to be said. 
There was no trade in in this in this situation either. Right. So, right. So there was no like, hey, like you know. So like when you go to trade in a car, right, and you're doing that type of deal, that's what the the deal structure that most people are facing at the dealership. You know immediately what kind of dealership you're dealing with if they're going to try and pipe you on your trade in, right? Like we all agree if they're going to try like, and if they're pipe try you. Try and you know get some spread on your trade. I'm going to walk out of that dealership. I'm not like I'm that guy. Hey, if if I know I'm bringing you a good car you. and it's worth and Kelly Blue Book says it's worth, you know, let's just say thirty as an example, and you're trying to give me twenty four, twenty three, I'm walking out. We're not. I'm not even going to entertain that. I'll find another car. But yeah, that I'm not, wasn't even at play I'm last I'm not the night. customer you want right now. I'm not. No, you're not. Uh, and the non-sports stories of the day is always brought to you by Bucked Up, BuckedUp.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Uh, I saw everybody saying some of the flavors uh, of Buckshot are sold out. Um, I am going to look at that right now because they just updated their website. Um, so their website is is really user friendly. Their buckshot is twenty nine ninety five a box, and then it is you guys are right. Rocket pop and watermelon is all. See, that's but this left. is what happens. This is a product that's highly in demand. So I'm telling you guys, rocket pop and wa- get watermelon, but get it now, let, because with the promo code Monty, um, I'm telling you, if you get just one box of buckshot. And you you use the promo code Monty twenty. Uh, let me tell you what that is. What that is, you're you're saving seven dollars a box, dude. That's a lot. You're saving seven dollars a box, you guys. Like it is a really. I'm telling you, man. It is one of those things where if you guys do not use that promo code, you're crazy. I am a huge believer that you've gotta you've gotta do it. Do it. You've absolutely got to do it, and. I understand they sell out a lot, but they restock as well. But right now, watermelon's available. Uh, Rocket Pop's really good as well. Um, They also, on their uh, Bucked Up Energy, they also have uh, variety packs where you get uh, 12 cans, four Rocket Pop, four Mango Tango, and four Blood Raz. Um, It's only $29.99. So if you if you get that uh, if you get that variety pack of their energy drink and you use Monty twenty as a promo code, you're only paying twenty five dollars. Boom. So it is you're paying two dollars a can, yeah. which is in energy drink circles is awesome. I'm for real. So I'm telling you, go get it now. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty twenty. Um, to save 20% off at checkout. That variety pack is a limited time sale. You'll see it when you uh, when you log on there. But you guys, all of their all of their you know candy flavors that are all zero sugar, hook it up. Because just looking at their website, they they just sell out so fast. Yeah. Buckedup.com, promo code Monty20. Uh, Maury Alvarez says rocket pop is my favorite energy drink, dude. They make them in the variety pack now and you can get it. You don't have to go through Walmart either. You can get that variety pack right now at buckedup.com. Uh, I love it. Maury Alvarez also says two holes trying to wheel and deal. Sounds like we need him to do a college credit course. I don't know why I need a college credit course. Just saying, just saying, uh, Gary Wolf says I'm still a watermelon junkie. 
Me too, dude. The watermelon buckshot is as about as good as it gets. It's gas, dude. It is so good. Yeah. What? Wait, wait a minute. Conference Commissioner Gumby says rip Y2K. I don't understand. What happened to Y2K? Y2K was, yeah, it was like 23 years ago, yeah, Gumby. What are you talking about, dude? You, you might want to catch up. Uh, pour out a little liquor for Y2K. What are we talking about? What are we about? talking about, dude? Uh, rocket Pop is too close to Pocket Rocket. Can't taste it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Damn. All right. Speaking of Pocket Rocket, I hesitate to... Just, I don't want to talk about this. My bad. I, should we bring this up? Um, I, 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 I want to. I want to. And I don't want to. Yeah. You guys are going to have a field day with this. Elon Musk is killing monkeys. <laughs> so you guys know he has a company called Neuralink. Okay. Sounds cool. And okay. Neuralink is essentially a company that implants chips into your brain that allows you to do different things. Stay hard! It's a biotech startup. Right. Are you, would you ever implant a brain, a chip in your brain? Uh, not, no. I probably wouldn't. I, I mean, don't. It, it would have to be ultra reliable. I'm talking about like 95 plus percent at least. I, I want to understand what this is. Highly secretive mm. chips implanted in your brain. It's a system that involves ultra-thin probes being inserted into the brain. A neurosurgical robot <coughs> will perform the operation and high-density electronic systems capable of processing information from neurons will be Bro, used. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Dude. Neuralink received FDA approval for human clinical trials in May. The FDA had previously rejected the application citing major safety concerns involving the device's lithium batteries. I'm I knew today would be shitty. Putting a lithium <laughs> battery in my brain. I'm not doing it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Neuralink opened its first human trial for recruitment under um, an investigational device ed exemption from the <coughs> FDA. <coughs> I, can't, I, I can't. So wait, let me get this right. So, so first off, we're putting batteries in our brain, number one. Number two, we needed an exemption to run trials? I'm, I don't want, I, 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 <laughs> this is terrifying. So anyway, I'm not doing this. Right. But apparently they tested this, not apparently, they tested this on some macaw monkeys. Macaque. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. We tried on Google and it told us it was pronounced. Macaque. <laughs> you can't make this Dude, up. We're literally building the story like probably three days ago, right? We just haven't had time to get to this. And I'm like, how do you say this? Because it's like, it's like M-A-C-A-Q-U-E. M-A-C-A-Q-U-E. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, turns macaque? Out, turns out it's pronounced macaque. Macaque. <laughs> Oh, that's right. They wanted us to talk oh, about it on the Monty show. Oh, okay. I see. Oh. 
So wait, let me get this right. You needed an exemption to start trials. Then you started trials, and you've been killing monkeys repeatedly. Look at this. Look at what the what did they suffer? Chronic infections, paralysis, and brain swelling, and other horror side effects after receiving <laughs> the chip. They eventually Dude. had to be euthanized as a result, <laughs> according to Wired. Dude, what are we doing, bro? I, I just want to understand, like, what is this for? Why do we need brain-computer interfaces? Like, I don't understand this, dudes. Am I the only one? Like, look at these. Like, monkeys are pretty damn smart. Oh, yeah, dude. You, do we need macaque monkeys? God, I can't believe it. Do we need macaque monkeys? Macaque. With brain in, 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 are you have you not seen Planet of the Apes? Dude, it's Elon? real. It's real. I'm not doing this. Yes, thank you. 49er UCLA Wolverine. No way. Macaque. Mike Smith, wasn't that some South African racist term? It may have been. Macaque. Derek Derek Roche, I want a chip for my crack. No, no, not his crack. For my cack. Macaque. <laughs> Freudian slip, dude. Yeah, sorry, dude. It was a little misspelling there, okay? Yeah, Johnny Gonzalez. Resident Evil loading. Yeah, no, I'm good. MJ Bissett. Elon's going to connect AI with monkey muscle power, creating a dystopian sci-fi movie. Whatever. Hey, knock yourself out, dude. No, the answer's no. Um, I Googled it. It's pronounced macaque. Exactly macaque. how the soundbite is. Macaque. Macaque. <laughs> <clears throat> Family program. Sorry. No redos. Are humans not the result of mutations? Could be. Bob Smith, as long as it says swelling, all men are in. Macaque. <laughs> oh my God. 49er says the start of a horror movie. Seriously. Like, have you not seen like Book of Eli? I have. Multiple times. Um, Casey Anthony, Kurt Schilling, and Elon Musk share jag off of the day. Atta boy. Way to get it in. Way to get it in, Kelsey. Way to get it in. Johnny Mnemonic. I'm I'm not doing this. No. Nah, I good, don't dude. understand Can't do it. why we need a chip in our brains. Why do why do we need this? I, I Well, I think the concept is 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 great. Okay, hey, you're paralyzed. This chip that we can implant is going to restore those connections and you can walk again. That's the age old thing with this. But the reality of the situation is we don't know much about the human mind, honestly. Like, But isn't that where all this shit always starts? It it's is. always it's like, always oh, man, utopian, you know, saving the world. Thing. This guy was born with they couldn't walk. Yeah. Who the f is that guy? He had three toes. We're going to insert a chip into his brain that's going to turn him into a, into my cack monkey. Macaque. And he is going to hop all over the jungle. My bad. A, no. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, and, and it is, I... Because it, does, it goes from guy with three toes who couldn't walk that turned into, like, a dude into robots that... Slay, enslave humans like i'm not interested what is this guy robot like zombie america i'm not that's and maybe i'm paranoid and i've watched far too many movies i have seen zombie land and all of its sequels far too many times i'm not doing it i played zombie mode on call of duty i'm not doing it 
I think it was Call of Duty. It was. But my point is, I'm not doing this. This nah. seems... And we always torture animals. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, PETA. <laughs> not trying to be PETA, dude. But why are we why are we torturing monkeys for this? I, because we view them as below us. And that is our single biggest problem. Dude. Apparently... You guys don't know how medical research is done. No, I do, but do we need... That's not the point, Ron. Do we need... I understand how medical research is done. Do we need chips in human brains to make us more formidable? Nah, man. This 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 seems wrong. This this seems wrong. Yeah. Um, Trav to Elon. Dude, I want a chip in macaque. Macaque. <laughs> We're never getting over that. Um, Jeff Woodworth, last thing you hear before humanity ends. Look what I just invented. Macaque. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. Uh, it is all for medical help for some poor guy until someone else figures out they can hack him via Bluetooth. Okay, well, listen. Yeah. Marcus down the street got got a macaque in. in Keep it real. <laughs> Like they in, I think it's called ingested it into his brain, his macaque. frontal cork. I don't know why they his put, frontal lobal. Cortex. I don't know why they put macaque into somebody's brain, but hey, I don't it's really fine. get it. But I was looking for Wi-Fi last night, and I saw Marcus's macaque on macaque. I'm all about it. I'm connecting to macaque. Macaque. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the lights go out. Pew. Pew. Wait, wait, uh, hey, Monty, what happened to the lights, bro? Oh, my God, the lights went out. Ooh. It was macaque. The lights came back on. Boom, out of here. They breed monkeys for research about 15,000 a year. Okay. Great. All right. In World War II, we let a bunch of Japanese scientists go in exchange for all the data they collected and gathered for, for human experimentation. 100% agree with both of you, but... It is a sad reality. Okay, we're not we're not going down a negative ass path. We've had a good show. I don't know about good, but um, all right, let's talk about California so we can finish the show positively. Right. When's the last time you guys ate fast food? Like five minutes ago. Uh, well, we were doing that. We were talking about macaque five minutes ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> California signed a law today that goes into uh, effect next month that now mandates $20 per hour for all fast food employees. Everyone else gets fifteen fifty an hour. How do you feel about that? I mean, I struggle with this because I agree. We need to be treating our fast food people better. We treat fast food employees like crap. They work crap That's hours. That's for sure. Like, they work crap hours. They get treated like crap from the people who come through the drive-thru. Yes. Like, they, they they deal with the scourge of the world. There's Again, no it's question. the girl with the gun in Jack in the Box because a guy yeah. lost his mind on her. Yeah. So it's like, I agree, and I empathize with them. But $20 an hour, I, I you, so there's a certain concept that you have to weigh here. So I totally agree that, hey, price for life is going way up. Right? Like housing, gas, insurance, yes. everything under the sun is way more expensive. Yes. But wages have not kept up with that. So our percentages and proportions are off, which is why we're struggling right now. 
I'm not necessarily convinced that $20 an hour for a fast food worker fixes that because I'm not going to see a $20 an hour rate of return on that employee. Because the food quality is going to go down. And I don't think you could pay them $50 an hour and they're going to want to work there. Yeah, but but and I, that's true. And I also think that there's no way for them to meet the expectation of $20 an hour. I, I, I Like... an hour used to be like a high end office salary job, right? Who's going to take that? Who's going to take that money? You know, who's going to take that money? Older individuals. You, you are going to have supplemental, you are going to have supplemental income be the main consumer of McDonald's paying people $20 an hour in California. Yeah. And I think housing is so expensive. This is going to be somebody's part-time job. 100% agree. I, it's not the 16-year-old kid's first job anymore. It, it. I just don't think that's what this is. And I think service is so bad in the fast food industry right now because kids don't need these jobs anymore. Kids, kids can make money on Instagram. Teenage girls are making money doing how I put my makeup on videos on TikTok. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And... I just, you. who do you see working in fast food now? It's the middle-aged guy who can't find a job. Or it, it's not, it used to be that people looked down on fast food workers. And I don't think we should do that. People are just trying to pay their bills, and I don't understand why we throw food back at fast food workers. Because we don't value them, and we think they're below, they're below us. I would agree with that. Casey Anthony got away with it. $20 an hour equals $8 Whoppers. I think there's real truth in that. I think there's real truth in that. Tarrant County boy, uh, robots flipping burgers soon. Yep. Yeah. Breaking news. A CFL team is interested in signing Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) (laughs) For $20 an hour. Is Colin Kaepernick willing to go to the CFL? I'm curious about that. Yeah, I am. And I don't know if that's true or not. I have not heard that, but I would be interested to see if that happens. I'd love to see Colin Kaepernick get back on the field so we can stop talking about it. Yeah. Because he clearly wants to, and nobody is going to give him an opportunity. Not in the NFL. And I, that's just my opinion, but just doing a quick search. Um, <laughs> there are memes. CFL team interested in signing Colin Kaepernick. Uh, let's see. The BC Lions have put Colin Kaepernick on their negotiation list per, let's see, Sports Center in Canada on TSN is reporting that. Hey, man, I hope it happens. I, yeah. I, would, I would love for him to get a shot. I'm happy, I'm happy to watch him play. I'm happy to watch him play. Uh, Fat Jesus, when you make $12 an hour, I was nicer to you. $20 an hour, you can take some of my abuse. Agreed. I think some people will think that. Yep. Uh, Fat Jesus, dude. Yep. You're and not Fat wrong, Jesus, bro. And Fat Jesus is in the service industry, so yes, he gets he it. Carrie Lee, uh, seniors are going to take over those jobs like you will find also at Walmart. Yeah. And you know the screwed up thing about Walmart right now? Did you guys hear this about Target, too? Target's closing stores in major metropolitan areas because shoplifting has become <coughs> such a problem. It's why Amazon is such a juggernaut. They don't deal with this. No, they don't. And you know who else doesn't deal with it? Costco. Costco CEO said they do not have shrink problems, which is theft. 
yet Walmarts and Targets are closing because of it. And why does Costco not have that problem? It's membership-based. And they pay to have more employees in the store per customer. They base their staffing on a certain number of employees per customer. Yeah. And you have to have a membership, and you have to show your card, and you have to show a receipt. Now, the other thing they do really well to get out of the store is a hike. Yeah. It's not easy. So And they check your receipt at the at the door. Right. But what they're doing at Walmart and Costco is they're running in, grabbing stuff, and running out the store. Yeah. You can't do that really at Costco. No. It's almost impossible. So it's interesting, but like Walmart's very interesting because older people had been greeters and they were getting injured. So they stopped largely putting old people at the front doors of Walmarts because there's this trend on TikTok, which again, another reason I hate TikTok. There's a trend on TikTok of shouting at Walmart receipt checkers because Walmart's not a membership. So if a Walmart greeter or person at the door asks to see your receipt, you don't have to show it to them. Yeah. And so there's viral videos on TikTok of people not showing their receipts at Walmart and telling, yelling and screaming at old people that they don't have to, it's not the law, and like, go after your, like the one guy's like, go after yourself, you ass bag. <coughs> it's like, really, man? Do you Come feel on, better dude. about yourself? Come on, dude. And it's got over a million views, Yeah, which is just wild to me. Uh, Roche, what's up? Uh, says, wages should be based on supply and demand. I hate it, but it's true. You will drive up unemployment whether you like it or not. Balance is out. Yeah. Burger King plus Terminator. Burgenator. You're not wrong. <laughs> hey, it's the Baconator. Well, why are they? Why do we not have robots that can make burgers? We do. I'm sure the technology exists. Yeah. I'm sure. Gary Wolf, will Cap kneel during O Canada? Really, dude? Come on, man. Uh, Mike Smith, going through BK drive through with robot employees, still probably not getting extra pickles I ordered. No, you're probably not. You're probably not. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, it. it's crazy to me where retail's gone. Yeah. Where you have companies like Walmart that are losing, I mean, they're losing tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, dude. On shoplifting. I mean, it is. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. People yeah. are selfish, man. Whoa, comment. Um, Johnny Gonzalez, I'm embarrassed every time I get checked at Walmart. Yeah. Chris Phillips, breaking looters don't pay annual memberships at Sam's Club and Costco, forward thinking to not volunteer to be looted. Well, that's why you also or... see the physical structure of Costco stores. Now, I don't shop at Sam's Club. The physical structure of Costco stores makes it almost impossible to grab and dash. Yeah. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Like wildly almost impossible. Yeah. All right, that's it. Show's over. Uh, as always, we are presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com. Live the life you've always wanted to live, you guys. I Every day I tell you on the show, stop making excuses. Stop breaking promises to yourself. Drive the car you want. Live in the house you want. Take the vacation you want. Have the TV you want. Pay $20 for a Whopper if you want. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. $10 30-day trial membership. No obligation beyond that. But trust me, when you figure out that, yeah, you can really make $1,000 a day at TridayTrading.com, you're going to do it. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.